0: The yeshiva.net.
1: So Chazal say that all the mayadim are going to be nullified after Mashiach comes and the exception is Purim. And the way they learned it out is because the Pasuk says in the Megillah that the days of Purim will never leave the memory of the Jewish people. We say in the Megillah the memory will never Depart from the from the children, from the descendants of of, of Klal Yisrael, of Bnei Yisrael. And thus, here this is a Medrash and Mishlei that Kola Mo'edem Telem Chutz Purim, And actually, the Rambam brings it also in Hilchas Megillah, the end of Hilchas Megillah and Chanukah, that all the Mo'edem are bottle besides Purim. And the Rambam also adds one more thing from the Gemara that Halachis of Torah also ain'a these two things. And the Meimor asked the question, why? What's the uniqueness of Purim? relative even to the other Yom taivim In fact, it seems strange, because Purim, first of all, is not a biblical holiday, it's a rabbinic holiday. And second of all, even the nature of Purim is not like the other Yom taivim For example, the Gemara says in Megillah the that they would not allow Purim to become a day that's Oser B'malacha. In fact, Marduchai wanted it should be a day that's a, a proper Yom You shouldn't do work, you, just like Shabbos and Yom But the Chachamim said, no, Yom is a day that we do everything in, in many ways. It's a Yom it's a mundane day in the sense of uh, a person does not detach himself from mundane activities, from the Lama Tess Malachas, like we do on Shabbos and Yom Tif. Because Yom Tif is just like Shabbos in terms of most of the Malachas, besides the Malachas that are connected to Eichel Nefesh, but that's also for Simchas Yom Tov, So they really wanted Purim to be that Yom Tif, but they decided not. We learned last year the Mayim Rechai of Inish L'Absenim in we discussed this detail. And yet Purim, which seems to be, less than a Yom Tov than other Yom even though, of course, it has its unique qualities, but it's a regular weekday in some day, in some ways, in many fashions, in many areas. Nonetheless, precisely Purim is not going to be bought to La'asid Lavi, where Pesach and Shavu and Sukh and Kippur. Even Yom Kippur, it's brought in Tikkun Eizoya that Yom Kippur and Purim have a similar name. Yom HaKippurim is Kippurim. Yom Hakipurim is Kippurim. It's like, like Purim. So brought in sparim that in many ways Purim is steeper than Yom Kippur. Yom HaKippurim is, is, is Kipurim. It's like Purim. So this is a very strange phenomenon. So for this, the Balatanya began going into the concept of that Shabbos and Yom Tif is a time of Aliyah S'ha'olamus and Aliyah S'hanetzutzus. And this this word was a key word: Aliyah and Aliyah S'hanetzutzus. It's a time when the worlds are going up, or when the sparks are going up. And he went into Ahol ariches. what happens on Shabbos and Yom Tev, that there's a certain light of Hashem that comes into the world that is different than any other day, and the soul's antennas, so to speak, detect it. And therefore it fires up a Yiddish and a Shama. It fires up a soul. It adds light, it adds simchit, it adds chedvet, it adds celebration. It's a time of aliyah sanitzotis. The sparks go up, they feel closer, they, 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 they are inspired, they're triggered, they're aroused, so to speak. And it d- develops within it, arouses within them a deeper ava, a deeper love. And this aliyah he described as a process, and he goes in through the whole process and Amidbar to come out of the midbar, which is often like the weekdays, the midbar of, of desolateness, of, of of bruteness, of egocentricity, and the the, the midbar of, of cynicism or depression, the midbar of Dvarim Betalem all this to come up is a process, and the process includes pillars of smoke, it includes incense, it includes moir, frustration, it includes levaina joy, and it includes koil afka all the different types of powders created by perfumers, all different types of eslavos, of, of the neshama. This is all aliyas ha-neshamas, you're going up. And that's the key word, you're going up. And to go up means you leave your present state. You leave your present state. In the words, in the inimitable words of Rashi, on the words of Moshe Rabbeinu, when he sees the burning bush, and he says, Moshe Rabbeinu says, what does he say? What? Huh? Asura Mikhan? lihiskarev l'sham. Those are Rashi's words. Moshe says, asura mikan l'sham. I'll go away from here to get close to there. And therefore, to experience Shabbos and Yom Tif, there has to be a certain disengagement because you're going out of the regular zone, the regular comfort zone, or the familiar zone, and you're going into a, a place of a, a, where the relationship is much deeper, more conspicuous, more intimate, more experienced, more felt. So there's a certain aliyah. I go away. I go out of one space and I go into a different zone. And by Esther also, by Achashverish too, you have the concept that every girl who comes before Achashverish, which is also metaphoric for the relationship of every Salt Hashem, you don't just show up. You have to go through six months of the wisdom of mer, the wisdom to know what to be frustrated about and what not to be frustrated about. And then six months of the celebration of the various perfumes and incense, and then you can really face the king. And of course here facing the king means not just facing the king, but having an intimate relationship with the king, just like the physical story of the Megillah. But here we're talking about the spiritual story of the Megillah, where some like to say, into me see. Now, with this, the naira comes to the melech. With this, she comes. This is all Shabbos and Yomtev. This is all the Aliyas and the Hiskarvus of the soul Shabbos and Yomtev. But he says, this is all b'roish Sharvit. This is Esther or somebody's souls touching the end of the scepter, meaning recognizing the truth of the divine reality of the world. What do I mean I recognize the truth of the divine reality? That truth itself you could recognize in two ways. One is that my real I is the divine I. This we call mamalik In other words, that the truest articulation of self, the truest way of articulating the self, is ultimately by discovering that the real self is the divine energy of the person. The primitivist of the person is the chius alaki. That's one way of the discovery, one one form of the discovery. There's a deeper form of the discovery, which is the humility in the presence of the infinite, called of kalalman, and this recognition, this meditation, this type of mindfulness is what allows a soul to be triggered, to be inspired, to be aroused, which he, he says with the zahav, with the sharvit hazov, with the fiery glow of love, zahavat that lifts him or her up from their status quo into a deeper, into a deeper uh, divine space, into a place of kedusha, into a place of taira. So it's a very intense process. This is the roisha Sharvat. Then there is a different concept. A Different concept is probably not the word. The word concept is not the best word. This is not the end of the sharvit. This is the other side of the sharvit not the sharva that the king stretches out that basically Esther or anybody else can hold on to that which i can hold on to represents that which i can hold on to because it's communicated in a for, in a way that i can articulate on some level so that he explains is it's how god i'm going to use these words how god articulates himself as god <laughs> how now the way <laughs> Let me say this: when when God articulates Himself as God, it's already not God, because it's God. Yeah. In other words, what we call God has nothing to do with God. <laughs> and for God to make Himself God, He had to make, make Himself. He had to articulate Himself. What do you mean, God? What, what, what do you mean? Whatever you want to define as God, all the all the good stuff. The ruler of the world, the master of the world. It's, Hashem has to articulate Himself in that way. He has to, so to speak, find that part within
0: Himself. You don't
1: call. He has no call. name. It's called Atzmus it's There's yourself. no name. It's the core, yeah. Even the core, it's, it's, it's just, we, we use words for everything. So we describe. We don't go out of the world of description. But w- this is important to remember. The word God has nothing to do with God. <laughs> I'm saying it a little dramatically. I don't mean it has nothing to do with God. It's called God because it's God. But the word God has nothing to do with God. Yudkei Vavke is the first. Godel Hashem Hashem moholomayit? Viligdullah la'soy ein Why ein why ain't Chaker? There's no hakira there. There's no hakira. Godal Hashem Yeah, and even there, it's Ma'id. Maoid means infinite. Ma'id is not a small thing. Hashem So the word God doesn't go in as I'm using the word God. That's why the word that Yidden uses Hashem. What does Hashem mean? A name. The name. If you'll go through the whole davening, you'll see most times we don't praise Hashem. We praise Hashem's name. Yishtabach shimcha la'ad malkeinu. Yishtabach shmoy la'ad. Tizborech Hashem la'ad malkeinu b'ashmai mimal, alkol shevach may siyadecha, right? Okay? Yishtabach shimcha la'ad malkeinu. Always shame, shame, shame. Atah Kaddosh v'shimcha Kaddosh. What's the definition of a name? Why the name? Why are we praising the name? Yeah. Why your name? So literally you say, because your name, I mean, your name, I, I praise your name. No, I'm not praising your name, I'm praising you. I'm not praising Chaim Yankel. I'm praising the one who, who's named Chaim Yankel. <laughs> right? So in Lakota Torah and many times the Balatanya always brings out the same point. The definition of a name is never you. The name is basically how others relate to you, how others define you, both literally and conceptually. If I lived myself on an island, I wouldn't have a name. I wouldn't need a name. If each of us was a self-contained creature, right, we wouldn't need names. You don't speak to yourself through your name, right? You don't wake up in the morning and you say, Isaac, by the way, I think we should get out of bed. I, no, or whoever it is. I mean, sometimes you do, and then you need to see somebody. <laughs> He's not here today. But uh, but the point is, right, you don't... Why? Because it's me. I don't have to... huh? I don't have to say, uh, you know, I'm hungry, I'm not going to start calling my... When I speak to you, I, I'm not inside of you. So we have names for other people to be able to identify us and relate to us. That's literally what a name is. Conceptually, you say, people have a name, Keser shemtov yeah? What's a reputation? His name, he has a good name. shemtov he has a bad name, he has a horrible name, he has a Gvaldike name. He has a name in business, he has a name in the community. What does it mean he has a name? He has a reputation. A name always represents that which I know about you. It's your name. Your name is not you. Your name is the part of you that I can identify. Now that's significant, but it has nothing to do with you. Sometimes the two are close together. Sometimes they don't even match each other. <laughs> what your name is and who you are, don't... Uh... Some people work very, very hard on their name. If they would put a little, a little amount of work on themselves, but noch givena good. Their whole life they work only on their name. Their name, their name, their name. What they look like. In fact, some people hire what's called PR companies. That you pay them $5,000 a month or $10,000 a month. Some people $100,000 a month. You're familiar with PR companies? And their purpose is one thing. Branding. Branding to give you a name. What happens in your own dysfunctional life is completely irrelevant. (laughs) It could be completely. So you hope that the name and the essence have Epsashaychas. Why is this so important? It's important because that's his point. He says, when we speak about God, we're never speaking about Hashem. We're speaking about Hashem, the name of Hashem. What's by the name of Hashem? The way God articulates Himself as a God, which is no small thing. It's basically, I look up, It's basically the God I know. But it's He articulates Himself as a God, whatever that means either as the battery of the universe, the engine of the universe, the consciousness of civilization. The consciousness of humanity is no small thing. The core consciousness of humanity, the consciousness of the cosmos, the essence of life, the essence of reality, that's not small. In fact, it's very, very deep. That means the beginning of a relationship with Hashem. But it's a relationship with Hashem, the name now that itself is not one madrege. There's endless, endless madreges in that. Saim and Malay and then deeper in Soiviv and all that. Clark? That's all the end of the sharvit. What am I holding on to? The scepter that was stretched out. Sharvit hazov Vakhaya The chios of all the worlds. Then there is a different type of mindfulness. He says a mindfulness that does and stam does not Stam create a tremendous Ahava which also, also a tremendous Ahava from Mamali and Seva, which creates a deep Ahava deep closeness, a deep relationship because Mamali and Saiva basically represents how close you are and how deeply connected you are in fact when you really understand Mamali and Saiva if you really understand you don't have to develop a love to God, you already love Him if there's a love to self there's a love to Hashem because that's the true essence of self so you say, how do you make Vahavtas Hashem If you would just understand what Hashem Alekecha is, there's already a love over there. There's a love to your life. There's a love to your essence. The Divine is your essence. That's your core. So there's already a Havas Hashem. If you hate yourself, then it's hard to get to Havas Hashem. But if you uh, if you have a, a deep avat to the self, to, that's, already, that's already a form of Havas Hashem. Real Havas Hashem. But then there is the element of what he says, this boneness, and what he calls an atzimus which lays machshav etfise There's no thought that can grasp it. Why? Because even the most abstract, transcendental thought, by definition, seeks articulation. It seeks description. Tell me God is transcendent. Okay, that's also a description. Tell me he's infinite. Fine, that's also a description. It's a wonderful description, but it's a description. That component of mindfulness... In his Bainus and Atmos Saiparakhu is considered the Katseyuha of the sharvit, the higher part of the scepter, that which the king holds on to himself. In other words, it's not the way the Riboyna Shalam articulated himself as a Riboyna Shalilam, as a godel, as a god, which is really when he articulates himself as infinity, it's really humility. What for us is the greatest is for him the smallest. What we call Gdulasai is really the most compromised form of Gdulasai. I, what is Gdulasai? If not this, what is Gdulasai? What? What? What do you want more? What do you? Infinite I said. Creator I said. was Vilsto? I said, I, I don't have an answer to you. I don't have an answer. Ain't heken. It's not bigger and small. It's not bigger and small. You're right. You're right. You're right. I don't have any issue of bigger and small. <coughs> You're right. This is not the bottom of the sharvit. This is called the sharvit, so to speak, that the melech himself holds on to. Really, the term melech also here doesn't apply. Again, we said malchus is also that uh, is is already a product of, of tzimtzum of anava to be able to be defined as a melech. Because melech is a relationship. Melech is I'm your king. He's my king. It's a very powerful relationship, it's a very lofty relationship, but it's a concept of mouth. If this is the case, when you talk about Atmos, here something changes. What changes? Here there's no distinction anymore between Maila and Mata. Here there's no distinction between higher and lower. Why is there no distinction between higher and lower? When you're dealing with the Rosh Hashavit, in other words, the way Elokos, godliness, is articulated and defined in terms that are somehow relatable to the creation. So then there's a concept of going out of the superficial to enter into the world of reality, going out of the outer to go into the world of the inner. Going from the Chitzonius into the Pneumius. That's called Alias HaOlemus. Alias HaNatsutzus. But as he says, when Atzmus will be expressed in the world, he says it's going, Le'osid Lavo Yehinei Alekeinu Zeh, not So then what happens is, he says it's going to be Betachtoenim dafka Lamata. dafka Betachtoenim. As much as it's in Olemus HaTachtoenim, even more in Olemus HaTachtoenim in the lowest places. And that's why the Malachim are going to ask the Jews where God is, and the answer is going to be not ye, me, the answer is going to be khal, aritz, And that's the idea of Asha Shchayla Teris Baila, which basically throughout history, the woman, Knesset Yisroel, receives from her husband. Her husband represents divine energy that flows into the person. That's Asha Shchayla generally. The Ased Lave, the Ashes, is going to be higher than Baila. Why is the woman going to be higher than the husband, going to be the crown, in other words, above her husband? Because Baila represents, as he says, the Eir Hashem that's revealed today in the soul, when it's Eila, the Eir of Mamala the Eir of of Kalalmin. But when there's a gili of Atmos then it's Ashes Chayil becomes Ateres Baila. The Ashes Chayil then down here, Lamata, where there's going to be the gili of Atzmos, there's going to be something here that doesn't exist even in all the higher worlds in Eulam Esaliyon because all of them are simply a manifestation and an expression of the end of the Sharvit, the Roysha Sharvat, the bottom of the Sharvat. But when the Katsayu Elya, when the higher part of the Sharvat comes out, what's called here Gilea Atzmus, the expression or the revelation of the core of Atzmus, then here, first of all, there's no higher and there's no lower. You can't say, as we spoke, that the worlds create an obstruction. Or that Gashmi creates an obstruction. Because it's not the divine energy that's articulated in a way where there's a Tfisas Mokim for Oilemus. Because there's no Tfisas Mokim for Oilemus, he says, So therefore nothing could be a Chatzitsa. There's nothing that's called Mata. There's nothing that becomes unworthy. There's nothing that becomes a partition between the divine truth and the human being. There's nothing that can block if it's the Bechina of Memalek Kalam, and in other words, the divine energy is contracted in a way that it enclothes itself in the character of the person, and the character of the soul, so there could be blockages, and there could be things that create partition of how much I could experience, how little I could experience, how much I'm open to it, how much I'm not open to it. When there's a giliya atmos, so then there's nothing. It's Kilu E'en Shom so the only truth is, The truth of that moment, of that oneness, of that experience. So there's no distinction. You can't say, oh, this is Gashmis, it's too far. It's less sensitive. There's nothing that can block it. Everything is included in it. There's nothing that's out of it. So therefore, there's no maila, there's no mata. If this is the case, so that darkness becomes transformed into light because there's no cheshach and there's no air. So be If this is the situation, if this is the the nekudah, so he says, put, this is the Kiddush of Purim. Shabbos and Yom Tif is alias HaElemis. It's alias HaNetzutzis. The Kiddush of Purim is, and that's why Purim won't be but when Mashiach comes is, that Purim you already had an experience of Ishabchech HaShaychel and Ahayla, of the darkness being transformed into light. That the same Achashveresh who made the is the same Achashveresh who said, the same one who said, is the same one who said, Atom Kiswala, layehudim katoiv which is somewhat of a reflection of of the transformation from light from darkness to light that exists laasid lover, so that's why the shabbosim and Yamtif will be battle. He says Kala amayim will be battle laasid lover. Mayadim, mashenkin purim won't be battle laasid lover. Why? Because purim even laasid lover will stand its own because purim is already something of me'en of the pchina of Gili of the atzmos. And therefore, over there, it's not a concept of aliyah sa'ilamus because it feels only mamali and sa'ivim, because it only feels mamali and sa'ivim, so therefore it goes up and leaves the world of Gashmi to touch the world of Ruchni. That's Shabbos and Yabtif. When the atzmus is revealed, so then the Tahtin is as much close as the eliyan, and the eliyan is as much close as the ta'chtin. So therefore, in the world of Purim, you already have the energy of Mashiach, so when Mashiach comes, it won't be diluted. It won't be bottle b'shishim. It won't be bottle b'roiv. It won't be bottle b'elef. The other yamim Toivim is going to be like lighting a candle in the sun. You light a candle in the sun, the sun. The light burns, but you don't see the light. Purim's light will be felt and experienced even Laoset because Purim is already a taste of Gilo Atmus. Purim is not only the end of the Sharvit Purim is a a hoyle, where the darkness is not only subdued, the darkness is transformed. Why is darkness transformed? Because in the world of Atzmos, no darkness occupies any space to create a partition between the truth and your reality. Because there's absolutely no separation whatsoever because there's no tzimtzum that is relatable to a universe and because it's restricted, so therefore the quality of the recipient occupies space and can also create a chatzitza partition. So then when that's revealed is there's only oneness and there's nothing in your life, no dirt, no filth, no darkness, no trauma, no depression, no sadness, and no experience that can really create a partition and say, this is blocking, this is a blockage, I am not here. Over here, they can't say, I am not here, because the only truth of the reality is this oneness with, with Atzimus. And since Purim is an experience of that, so therefore it becomes clear why it's not Batala Asid love And therefore it's not like a regular Yom where you're Oila, it's not about Oila. It's even in the lowly space of darkness over there was the same light as and HaKalana. That's why they didn't make it a regular Yom tif. It's a day precisely that lives within the physical world because when Atzmus comes out, the Gashmi is as holy as the Ruchni. There There is no separation between the two.
0: This is a very, very difficult concept. Because we've always understood that the olam agashmi means, by definition, that God is not revealed. Right. That's what makes an olam gashmi. Right. He's saying there'll be a Hisgalus of so the ensov, no obstruction, no Hisgalus, no, uh, mm. no partitions, but know. yet it's still going to stay the olam agashmi. Right. But, and, yet, and yet, we've said until now, the definition of the olam agashmi mm. is that you can't see. Sounds like an asking moron. Right, it sounds they, like an oxymoron. You How can you have can you an, an this, with Gashmi with the light? Yes, then, after, then it's not the Ola Gashmi anymore. Can you get to this Bechina before
1: Lusit Luv? It's a Bechina. Don't answer? use the word Bechina. What is it? Uh, it. To this Matzav, can you get to this situation before Lusit Luv? He says, that's Purim. Mm-hmm. Purim Lusit Luv. Right? That's, that's why Purim is Adelayad. What's Adelayad? Adalayada means everything we experience through das, through experience, through perception, like we spoke. Everything is thoughts. The moment you think about something, it's already not it. The Prima of Purim here is adala Yada, because in Atmos there's no yoda of Atmos. There's no yoda of it. It's Adalayada. If you
0: don't know, how do you know if you
1: know? <laughs> That's a good question. If you don't know, how do you know that you know? That's a good question. But if you know, then you know for sure that you don't know. If you
0: know, then you know
1: there. Yeah. You're right. I'll tell you, a have from the Yid HaKadosh. It's a santa it's vart. It's a psavart, but really when you learn this, you see that it's not a Psavart, it's a, it's a mahalach. The Yid HaKadosh was one of the great Hasidic masters. So he once said, it's brought in his Torah, Mm-hmm. there's a Mishnah Masechta Kelem Pederkid Zayin Masechta ah, Kelem is not one of the Masechters that uh, people usually shut down when they hear Masechta uh, Kelem it's an interesting Masechta Pederkid Zayin, I think it's Mishnah Dalad one of, Zayin in Zayin Masechta Kelem Mishnah that says, it's a very strange Mishnah doesn't fit into the genre of Mishnah it says like this there's types of utensils that are susceptible to Tumah and types of utensils that are not susceptible to Tumah for example Somebody makes a keli from rock, from stone. A mace can touch it. It's not mekabal tumah. A keli of dung is not mekabal tumah. A keli of earth, just regular earth. If the earth is not uh, burnt in an oven, that's called klei keres. But clay adum is not mekabal tumah. It's not mekabal tumah. So he says, What was created on Sunday of creation is susceptible to tumah. What was created on Monday, it's a Mishnah, not Meqabal Tumah. What was created on Tuesday is yeah, Tumah. What was created on Wednesday is not Meqabal Tumah. What was created on Thursday is also not Meqabal Tumah, besides two things, Midirabonam. The wing of a vulture and the egg of an ostrich when you played it. The wing of a vulture, if you take a wing of a vulture and you make a keli of it. Yeah, it's similar to a regular vessel, so it's Meqabal Tumma, and you take an egg of an ostrich, and you plate it, 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 it has power, it's intact, so it's also Meqabal Usually, kalem that are made from skin of animals, or flesh of animals, or fish, are not Meqabal It has to be metal, or earth, Not besides the, the wing of a vulture, and the egg of an ostrich, because it's a powerful egg. What's made on Friday is Meqabal What's made on Shabbos, nothing was made, so there's no Tumah. That's what the Mishnah says. What does it mean? What was made on Sunday? Heaven and earth. Earth, you make a kali from earth and you bake it in an oven, it's called cheres. it's Tumah. Monday, what was created? The heavens. It's no Tumah. How you the heavens? Tuesday, trees and produce. You have a kleites, you have a bow made of wood, it's Tumah. Wednesday, the sun and the moon, they're not makabutum. How you gonna be of the sun? Yeah. Thursday is basically animals, fish, and birds. Calum from these things are not mekabal Kalem from these things are not mekabal. Fish, fish are not And uh, And basically, besides, if you have the wing of, 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 of a vulture, the egg of an ostrich, Friday, man was created. And the person is mekabal tumme. Also, Friday, shratzen were created. The were created and Chayas were created. These are all Mechabal Or give off Tumas tum, tum, Nevela, Tumas Shrotsam, Tumas Mace, etc. Thursday's fish is not Mechabal and birds are not Mechabal You make a kelly of a bird or of a fish, it's not Mechabal Tumum. Uh, you have one type of... Okay. Nivlas Oiv Taya, the type beis Ves Not regular. So everybody asks, "What's the Mishnah trying to say?" Psst, 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 interesting, Misa. So Yida says that in the Jewish calendar, there's two days: Yom Kippur and Purim. Yom Kippur, loy ego Yom Kippur, or loy ego ego Yom Kippur, loy ego Yom Kippur, but loy zevet Purim. Yom Kippur could never fall out. Sunday, Tuesday, Friday. Purim could never fall out Shabbos, Monday, Wednesday. Ever. This says, what's the This is Posh. Yom Kippur is a day that's higher than Tumah. So it can't fall out on Sunday or on Tuesday or on Friday because those are days when the things that were created on the Tumma. Yom Kippur is beyond Tumah, so there's not Shayach to these days. That's Yom Kippur. Purim is deeper than Yom Kippur. The Kiddush of Purim is Yom HaKippur. Yom Kippur is like Purim. When is Purim? Purim can't be Shabbos, can't be Monday, and can't be Wednesday. Why? (laughs) (laughs) Tavka days where there are Mechabal Not days that are not Mechabal Days that are not Mechabal Shabbos, Monday, Wednesday, you'll never have Purim. So Purim and Yom Kippur never fall out on the same days. Purim will fall out Sunday, like this year. Tuesday, Friday. Yom Kippur will never fall out Sunday, Tuesday. Because it's Yom Kippur will fall out the other days. Yom Kippur can't fall out Sunday, Tuesday, Friday. Put him can't fall out Shabbos Monday and Wednesday when Yom Kippur falls out. So if the Yiddah Kaddish wait, we're stuck. There's one day that they both can fall Thursday. out. Thursday. Thursday they both can fall out. He says, but that's what the missioner says. Let's look at Thursday. Thursday nothing is Makabultumma min atayra. The only thing we can tuma on Thursday is the vulture's bird, the vulture's uh, uh, the wing. wing. And the ostrich is like medirabana. So he says, Yom Kippur is the chayam tev minatayra. Min it's not a day that's mechabal tumah. Purim is the chayam tev medirabonam. it's a day that's mechabal So Thursday for Yom Kippur is not mechabal tumah. And for Purim it is mechabal tumah. So melde chesh mishten. So Rebbe Zemba writes that according to this, you understand why the Mishnah is written. Because the Mishnah, the Mishnah usually doesn't write these types of stuff. It's, it's a nice thing. He says it's a halacha. It's a halacha when Purim has to be established and when Yom Kippur has to be established. Because Bezdin had to know with their calendar, Loya du Loya loyah guyem kippur, loyzeven peset, that to make kishbuen. They say that's why the Mishnah was written. <coughs> that's the Yidak Adish's vart. But what, what's the toichen of the vart? Okay, okay so it's nice. Purim put is a day that's makabultum. So, so it's, it's, it's lower than Yom Kippur. It's not higher than Yom Kippur. But that's the vart here. As long as you're talking about the Kalman and Kalalman, then there is a big contrast between the Ruchni and the Gashni. Why? Because here you have a Hergish of Pnimeus, of Elikus, and here you have the chitzainius which eclipses Elikus. That's why, as you mentioned, we always say, what's the definition of Gashem? Eclipses, conceals, covers up. The Gemara says in Psachim, Olam is Milosh and that's if you're talking about Hashem as He articulates Himself as Hashem. And B'Mela, by definition is transcendence, it's infinity. In this world you don't see infinity. If the doors of perception were cleansed as we spoke about, everything would appear for what it really is, Infinite. And today, with modern tools of science and physics, you begin to see how what seems finite is f- quite far from finite. Quite far from finite. But for this you need eyes, and you need avoid, You need avoid. You have to work on yourself, because it's counterintuitive. That's all until this Gilei hatsmus. When this gile hatsmus, look for the Gilei hatsmus? He, he says, Ki ilu is The oylem is not toifesmakim says the is not the is not so then there's nothing that could serve as a as a, um, as a deterrent as a blockage as something that eclipses that conceals nothing. why? Because you're not dealing with ruchnis versus goshmis. you're dealing with a reality I'm using again the word reality. There's no articulation of it whatsoever. What's the only thing we know about it? The only thing we know about it, is he says is, that It would be like we gave the example, the light of the sun, the ray of the sun in the solar core. So over there, what's the only reality? It's not that the solar core doesn't exist. It exists over there. But it doesn't have any separate fisses So there's nothing that could be chaytzitz because he's not get their almond. When he's beget their almond, so then there's him, and there's an oilam, and the question is what type of oilam is. In Atzmos, when Atzmos gets revealed, it's only Atzmos. If it's only Atzmos, so then there's no other definition but Atzmos. There's nothing else going on, because there's no chatzitzah So the even the tachtaim, he says, even the physical eyes, hagashmi, will be able to experience. Why will they be able to experience it? Because even the words that Geshem, eclipse and conceal and block, and don't let us see, is already the way the Divine articulated itself in a process that says, this is restricted, and this is concealed, and here I can't be seen, and here I can't be experienced. But in the ultimate, ultimate truth, when the ultimate truth gets revealed, just like Ruchnius is not any closer, Gashmis is not any further. It's not a, it's not a, it doesn't, doesn't create distance. It doesn't create separation. It doesn't create a cover-up. I, Gashmis is a cover-up. That's the fact. We live in this world. So here we come to the Pasik that we, you asked, we eliminated it from Ashrei. The Navi says, Nafla, no He's basically lamenting the tragedy of the Jewish people. The Psula, the Median of the Jew, fell down so low, she'll never rise again. So she'll never rise again. So it's very, very pessimistic. It's like you fell down, you're finished, you're done. You hit rock bottom. So the Mephoshim struggle actually, I think, says that it's talking about they're never going to come uh, they're never going to have another melech, but it's basically a very pessimistic nevuah. Naflo You just fell too low. At some point, they say, you know, this person he just he crossed the red lines. Boom, tough luck. It's like naflo. On one level, that's very true. Naflo leisasef kumsul is Israel. But Tanya says that really there's a deeper element here. Naflo leisasef kumsul is Israel. There can't be any more kima. Why can't there be any more kima? Why can't there be any more kima? Because it can't reach into a higher place. Why can't it reach into a higher place? Because by Nafla, by going into the Haza Hazatachta, ultimately that's the place where Atzmus is going to be revealed and over there there's not Shayek and Aliyah from there. There's no going up from there because you're in the highest position you could be so there's no climbing up from there. You don't have to climb up. You are already in that place. Because the only truth in the world of Atzmos is nothing but Him. Therefore there's nothing else that you're, so to speak, competing with, that you have to refine. Whatever exists doesn't occupy any identity outside of the one identity which is the truth of Atzmos. So now you want to know practically what is it going to look like. You're living in a Gashmir'sdic world, and you see the Gashmir'sdic, and you say it's Gashmir'sdic, it's not Ruchmir'sdic. And nonetheless, what do you say? You can't have a higher kima than this. So what, what are you going to see? What are you going to perceive? It's not pshat. You're going to see that the gashmi is is fake. The gashmi is dark. Then it's not an gashmi gashmi means it's an olem gashmi And not only that, that the gashmi is there in full, in, 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 in its full position. But you have to touch it this way. What are you, when you go back to the solar core, what does the light wave look like? There's a light wave. It's in the solar core. It didn't disappear. In fact, it's more intense. <laughs> it's much more intense than when it's outside of the sun. It doesn't disappear at all. It actually gains momentum because it go back, goes back to its mother. It's in, it's in the womb. It's in the core. It's not, it, doesn't lose, it doesn't lose its identity, right? But, but, but what? But it doesn't stand out as anything separate. The only, thi- the only truth that you'll talk about is the sum. It doesn't have a, a, a separate makkam. That's the only truth. So when atzmos gets revealed, the very definition of geshem, even the geshem, will be nothing but the definition of atzmos. And it's not a problem. Why is it not a problem? Because the essence of God doesn't have an issue with this category, that category, that category, this I'm not, this I'm yeah. It's one truth, and when that truth comes out, everything is in that truth. Nothing is outside of that truth. So the Gashmi could remain Gashmi, and you're still connected to that same place. And the contrary, he said, Lamata will be this whole experience. Since in Kippur... You have to go away from tumma. You have to go away from eating. You have to go away from drinking. You can't sit and have a meal on Yom Kippur and say, I'm going to experience Yom Kippur. You can't. You need aliyah sa'olumas. <laughs> aliyah sa'nitzuzas. Mizah sa'olumas. You have to come up from the Midbar. The chiddush of Purim is a fakirta to The chiddush of Purim is that the way the world remains, the lowly world, that it's It's a world that's mekabal tumme. Why is it mekabal tumme? Because godliness is not revealed. If godliness would be revealed, it would be, wouldn't be tumma. That's where Purim comes. And that's deeper than Yom Kippur. Why? Because Giloy Ha'atzmos doesn't run away from places that are Mechabal Tumah. It's not afraid of Tahtan, It's not afraid of gesha. Is it possible that a person should be in Gashmiz and be Mechabal Yeah. That's the, tr- that's the story of history. But what Purim is expressing is a time, a, a concept, a revelation we're in the world where things are tummah, It remains as holy and as one as the world that's not makabal tummah and in a, way, in a way even deeper because the oil of the yom toivv going to be bottled and Purim is not going to be bottled. When you need Aliyah ha'oilamis, so then the candle of Mamale the candle of soivv will become nullified in the oil of lasid Lave. The candle of Purim won't be nullified in the oil of lasid Lave. Why won't it be nullified in the oil of lasid Lave? Because the candle of Purim is not a candle that reflects the energy of Mamala Kalaman and Saib of It reflects the energy of Atmos And therefore, in the world of La'asid that is going to be the reality. So therefore, even the light of Purim won't be obliterated. La'asid Isn't the light in the sun? In the what core, does bottle mean? In the, core. the light wave in the sun, it, it, it's bottle in the sense it, it's not Teufus mukum. It doesn't have its own name, but it exists. Sun Notice. We don't we don't zoom into it and start talking about it. We don't attribute separate significance to it. Separate significance to it. it what is its identity? The sun, but it exists. Not gone. It exists. Still gives the light. Practically, you don't need it to give light because it's in the sun. But whatever its metzias is, it exists It exists with more strength than when it exists outside. But outside, yeah. It's a yachsin. Outside, it has its own name. It's called Ziv Hashemesh. Over there, it doesn't have its own name. There's no other name outside. I'm just using it as a marshal. I'm not. Uh...
0: Probably, probably, Hashem says every ray of light. You go here. You go there. If
1: you want to go there. huh okay. What is, this, of, what is this an avoid of? What is this of a person? What is this an avoid of a person? So, apart from the Avnei You know the verse from the Avni he used to say on Putin that Santa uh, Maisa, that there was a there was a, a yid, he was a, it was a big baltaiva. He had a lot of cravings. And uh, like the Gemara said about die, he would any woman he could get his hands on he did. And he once had four hundred gold coins. He heard of Isha Zaina and he went to travel to, to find her and pay. On the way, he swaps a family that's crying. What happened? So one of the stories where the pirates had rented out an inn and they didn't pay for a few years and he was throwing the entire family into a pit, which the parritsum had the right to do with them. He said, how much do they owe? They owe 400 gold coins. So he took all the money and he gave it away to save the family. A heart he had. He was He was a passionate person, a little too passionate. So uh, there was a big tumble in heaven and uh, they said, listen, this guy unbelievable, I mean, you always have to understand in his soyin, he was and he gave it all away to save this family so they paskin that any bracha he's going to give is going to be m'koyim so it became an impossible situation any bracha he gave, it was like uh, uh, so they made a nukzera that he should become a shikr he liked drinking also so he should become a shikr and uh, that way, you know, people don't go to a shikr for a bracha usually Reminds me, they once came to the Bar It was a city that had a serious exam. They came to watch Shem Tev and they said, he can't do anything. They begged and begged and said, what should we do? So he said, you got to go find his shikir and get a bracha from him. And they said, well, he's, he's toit shikr. The guy's an alcoholic. Like he's drunk all, year, all day. So he is, you have to find a moment that he's sober and get a bracha and it's going to work. The so, kachava. So said, that's the beginning of Purim. That Purim, <laughs> why the Chazal say a Jew should get drunk? He says, because Purim really, people reach their infinite potential. And if people become aware of their infinite potential, so then the whole world could change. So Mitzab they balanced it out, and they said, you know what, drink. So most people are drunk on Purim, they don't know they their chayis, they don't know what hit them, they don't know if they're coming or they're going. A is a That's what he said. Okay, so again, it's, it's, it's an, what, what is he trying to convey? What I'm trying to convey is that Purim in Jewish history actually assumed the opposite uh, picture of what it really is. <laughs> Purim is deeper than Yom Kippur. Purim is deeper than Yom is Purim is love lov'asid lover, And yet, Purim in Jewish life is like a Psahali lewin The bachim are drinking, these guys are cursing, everyone is vomiting, <coughs> nobody knows what hit them. It's like a loose day, the women hate it. Ma'estam afresvi or alchazerim. Right? Really? Yeah. <laughs> I was once uh, Adam, uh, a teacher of Hasidus for many years. So put him in one sitting. So somebody was making a lot of jokes. So he looks at him he and says, he says, These jokes are good for Tisha Put him as an answer to talk. <laughs> put him as a serious day. Don't make all these jokes. <laughs> it's a serious day. <laughs> what do I mean? What do I mean? So how did it happen? It didn't happen by mistake. It happened because Purim really is the day that's Meqabal Tumah. So it comes into very mundane expressions. You eat and you drink and you run around and you dance and you drink and it's a day of Simchen and it's Mishlai and all that. It's very, very social, very human. It's a celebration of social bonds, of, of uh, people don't sit and... It's not a day of isolation and transcendence. But really, why is that? Because it's Gilead Atzmos. When Atzmos comes out, so then the social fabric of life, food, the drinking, the people, are not less holy than Ruchnius. Yem Kippur is a day of isolation. Pudim is Fakir. So Yem Kippudim is is, is Kippudim. it's like Pudim. So, when this Gilya Atmos, it's not like the physical world was obliterated; it's gone, it's over. No, if I can't It's not Shaiach and Aliyah. Why is it not Shaiach Kima and Aliyah? Because there's already a connection. I just want to say, in Avodas Hashem, what does this mean? It means one nekudah. It means a lot of nekudah, but I just want to say one nekudah, and that is the greatest all blockages, all separations all detachment never exists when Atmos comes out. When Atmos comes out, there's nothing that's divorced from it. There's nothing that say, could say, oh, I'm too impure for you. I'm too impure. You cannot dwell in me or with me because I'm too dirty. I'm too dirty, I'm too filthy. Dirt and filth has its place in Judaism. <laughs> if you learn Sifrei Musr, you know that dirt and filth has its place in Judaism. It has a significant place that you have to deal with it. In the world of Atmos, it's not pshat that dirt and filth become permissible. Not that it becomes permissible. But nothing can become a source of separation, a source of contention, a source of fragmentation. Why? Because in that space where ki'ilu ain't sham oilem is klal, so the only truth that emerges is that truth. So that means in a person's life, we come to life, we come to our relationship with Hashem with packages, with peklach, with baggage of who we are and of who we're not. People will always say, you know, if you know my story, you'll speak differently to me. If you'll know what I went through, if you'll understand my feelings, I'm like, I don't belong. I'm disconnected. Then the Kiddush the of Purim is that there's no such a Metziyah. That's Adullah bin Urham Haman Even Arer Haman, the person who looks at himself and he says he's cursed because he belongs to Haman, you can't distinguish between him and Baruch Mar Why? Because if you're dealing in the world of yadad there's of course a big difference. The Gemara says, Haman minateria minayin, shenemar, Haman is from the Eitz. Haman is from the Eitz. What Eitz is it? Eitz hadas. Purim is the beginning of Adeloyada, beyond the Eitz hadas, Beyond the Eitz hadas, the Loyada, so then uh, there's no difference in Ar-Haman and Baruch Manichai, because Haman is rooted in Eitz hadas. Eitz hadas is the Eitz of Perception. The Eitz of Perception is the Eitz that says, this is Toiv and this is Ra. Eitz hadas Toiv and Ra. This is Toiv and this is Ra. And we live in that polarity. Maseken in the world beyond the Hadass, in the world of Atzmus, it's not that the Ra suddenly lives. It's not that the Ra becomes Kasher. No. That the only Mitziyas that exists, the only Mitziyas that is, is him himself. Or there's nothing else. So Mele, is not Shayek to say, I can't be in this relationship because there's something that sits in me. There's a trauma that sits in me and therefore it takes me away from it. That's if I will give it. If I will give it liberty to be able to take over my life. If I won't give it liberty to take over my life, so then the only truth of this moment and of this experience is my relationship with him. There's not even my relationship with him. There's nothing outside of the relationship. There's nothing outside of the oneness. There's nothing that could become a partition in this place. In other words, a person is always in the most wholesome state. So Purim represents that there's a place that's available to you that's always really there in which well-being, in which simcha, in which wholesomeness is, is a constant. In fact, you don't even have to connect to it. That's the natural state of reality. However, you have to disconnect from it, which we do easily. We do easily in our mind, we disconnect from it. I'm saying, well, <laughs> but you don't have to connect. This is it. Elamai, our minds yeah. tell us that we're not connected, so we consciously disconnect from it. He doesn't he doesn't I'll tell you a vart at the level, end. Huh? To run away. As soon as we connect to a higher level, we drink to run away because we can't end it. Mm-hmm. So but not put, not put him. Not put him. Not put him. So that's what he, that's what he, that's what he means. Dafkin de tuma. The Chiddush is not that you run away to heaven. The mkip is you run away to heaven. That's why it can't be Sunday, Tuesday, Friday. Put him if I care. Dafke Sunday, Tuesday, Friday. You don't have to run away. Why don't you have to run away? Because the choishik is also If the choishik is also so where are you running away? Why do you have to run away? You don't have. To, you, don't need an you don't need an aliyah. You don't need an aliyah. You don't need an aliyah. You don't need a yeshua. You're already in. You're already in the most positive place. You're already in the in the place of, of absolute oneness. Shabbos
0: is so holy we can't reach Oxmus and Shabbos? Ah. Uh, last week we
1: could. At the end of the Shabbos <laughs> we could. <laughs> you want to know how it works with Lachamishna? Yeah, we spoke that Shabbos no, is beyond the, the and there.
0: So there's no only light. Everyone has the same perception. There's no like Darkness which becomes light. And everyone's on the same level of seeing light?
1: You want to know what's going to happen to the hierarchy? Who's no, going mean, to sit on the head table? No,
0: but so there'll be no, no Yeah, in Atzmos there's no
1: head table. You're right. People who have to sit on the head table are going to have a hard time with Mashiach. That's true. But the people's
0: sensitivity
1: to would be presumably different. Yes.
0: <laughs>
1: the head table won't mean that much. But you're right. In Atzmos there's no head table. You're right. So we we'll
0: have the same process,
1: there's no doubt. Uh? On uh, my sensitivity no,
0: not your sensitivity to it.
1: You're right. So here again, you have the nigla and the nister, the same tension that we spoke about in the Lecha Mishnah. In the world of nigla, Purim is very different than other holidays. Purim is like, it's like almost like we give permission to the party animals to have one day, and then the next day we become depressed again. Like like the, the feeling in the Yeshivas. One day you let the teenagers smoke like animals, drink like animals, stand in the street and block cars like this, because teenagers, you know, they have hormones and they need one day that they're just crazy. And then the next day, let's go back, back to Steigen. Let's look at the conception. One day, we this, because that's what it looks like. The Emes is the other way. Purim is really a much deeper matzah and than any other day of the year so culturally Purim became what it became I'm not discussing that at the moment but that doesn't have to do with the essence of Purim the essence of Purim really it has an sky to it it has a depth to it that's deeper than any other day and the simch of Purim is because of the depth of Purim not because of the lightheadedness of Purim huh? it's not a as you know a loose day God says you know one day I'll give you vacation you don't have to take my religion so seriously just chill out and relax and jump and uh, jump as much as you can and be wild explains why in the shir last
0: year about Rabban um, Rabzeira, Rab that was the day they were seeking close Yeah, Tafka, yeah. Because this was the day that yeah. it had this goddess. That yeah. was the day they could come. actually. Come Rabba Shachtelet Question.
1: Come yeah. Rabba yeah. Shachtelet Abzeira. We spoke last yeah. year, a whole Shia, we Rabba slaughtered the. says in Megillah, Rabba slaughtered the and he made clear <laughs> some the next day. And then he invited him. Huh? him and he invited him next year. No, that's the best part of the story. <laughs> and he accepted it. He just said, who knows if a miracle is going to happen again. If I would know a miracle happens, no problem. You could slaughter me again. It's fine. The The pshat is by the one that there was a, the, the, the suddha, There was a tremendous gilu of plemi yisatera to the point like not of an that that the expired. He 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 didn't remain. He didn't live in this world anymore. He he it was too intense. And therefore, it for the next year, he was happy to do it again. He just says uh, we have to stay in this world. Love b'chol since it's Tynes Est, I'm going to conclude with this art There's a big machloikus in Poiskim. Why, tainis, why we fast today? It's not sure. The Gemara doesn't mention this as a Tynes. We have Shivassa Betamus. We have Tishabov. We have Yom Kippur, of course. We have Asarib It's already mentioned by the Neviim. We yeah? the Dalit Soymus. It's called Asarib Betavis. Some Gedalia, Shivasah and Tisha B'av. Yom Kippur is minatayna. The tainess of Esther is not mentioned in, in Gemara clearly. It's not mentioned in all the Pais, Rambam and all the Pais, So the question is, when did it happen, and how did it develop, and why? Why do we fast? So the, some Rishonim say, because Esther instituted a fast for three days before she went into the king. Leich knoises kala Yehudim, minar you should fast. That's why it's called tainess Esther because she instituted and she said, I'm also going to fast. But most have said, that doesn't make sense. Why? Because that fast happened when when the Gzaira came out. The Gzaira came out, Yudgimul Nisan. It says in the Megillah, Haman had the decree signed on the 13th of Nisan. So Mordechai sent a message to Esther, so she said, let's fast three days. So they fasted, Erev Pesach, Tesvav Nisan, and There was The Gemara says in Megillah there was no Seder that year, because everybody was fasting. Either it was Yudgiml Yudala there was no first Seder, or it was Yudala Tesvav That's two ways of looking at it. So then, why are we fasting Gimel Adir? The fast was, was the month of Nis. Rabbi says, most of the Paiskim say, nothing to do with that. It has to do with the fact that uh, when Jews went to war, they used to fast. Because it's a time of Tzara, there's a war, and whenever it's a time of Tzara you need more rachamen and Tainis is a zgula for eserotzen, they fast. It's one of the methods of tefillah and sugar, so therefore they fast. That's what Rabbi Nathan brings, that's why it says in the Megillah, they were davening, they were fasting. So that would also make sense why we fast before Purim Yud Gimel Adr, because Yud Gimel Adr was the day of the war. The day of the war between the Jews and their enemies happened when Yud Gimel Adr, right? Achashredr said Yud Gimel Adr, everybody should kill the Jews. He didn't take that away. He gave Jews right to fight back, self-defense. But there was a war. You there was a war. was a serious, serious war. The Jews won, but there was a war. So it was a time of Tiness. So therefore, we fasted. lot that put him because there was a time of Tiness. So everybody asks, if so, okay, very nice. But why is it called Tinus Esther? Why is it called Tinus Esther? What's it? the fast of Esther, nothing with Esther. The story has to do with Esther. It has nothing to do with Esther. That's the question. And there's no clear answer for this. Why? It's called Titus. Nothing to do with asti. We'll tell you a vart from the Lababach one set. The Gemara says in Tinyas and it's brought in Shakhanarhim, I think Simatovko final. When you go to war you have to fast. When Jews go to war you have to fast, because you need the Yeshuas of Tainasun. You have to fast. There's a problem, however. Who should fast? Those who go to war are not allowed to fast. Why? They have yeah. to be healthy. They need energy. So who should fast? Those who stay behind. What about the people who go to war? So it's Boring Gemara and an They should make a hachlata, a resolution, that they're going to fast when they come back from the war. And that resolution is of kilu. They fasted, and they're good to go. So when they go to war, it's like they fasted. But practically speaking, they shouldn't fast until they come back. They should just make a resolution. Now, the Rishonim say Yudgimul other was a Yom Ta'inus. Why? Because Jews went to war. Whenever they went to war, they used to fast. Presumably, those who went to war fast. Those who didn't go to the war didn't fast. But here's the question. Where were the front lines on the 13th day of Adr? Where was the battlefield, I ask you? Wherever there was a Jew. The Gzeda wasn't on soldiers. There wasn't a place where they fought. The Gzeda was minar, v'adzok, and tav, Every baby and every senior citizen is an equal target. So where were the battlefields? In the kitchen, the dining room, in the living room, in the bathrooms. There was no place. It was like by the Germans. There was no place where you were safe. It wasn't a battlefield somewhere. Haman wanted, the Cheshvedish wanted initially, go wherever there's a Jew and murder every single Jew. That means every Jew is in a is a target. So here the question is in halacha, on that original Yud Gimel order, was there even one Jew who was a lot of fast? No woman was a lot of fast. No man. No babies a lot of fast. Why? Even if you're ninety years old and you're sitting in your living room learning Gemara, you have to potentially be ready to fight. Halachically, you have to be healthy. You need to eat. You have to eat. So practically speaking, all of Klal Yisrael could make a resolution to fast. But nobody can actually fast. Was there even one Jew who could fast? One person. Who? Esther. <laughs> the only Jew who could practically fast Yudgimul Adr was Esther. Because she was in the palace. Nobody was coming to murder her. So said that's why it's called Tina Esther. That's <laughs> great. Because she was the only one who fasted. <laughs> that's great. Good morning, everybody. Page 187. Page 187, Sadik Dalid Amud base <laughs> Saddik Talid, Base. Column Two. Amud Base, Column Two, Page One Eighty Seven, the last paragraph on the page. That wasn't a That wasn't a subconscious. My subconscious rejecting your subconscious. That's why the Chazal say, again in Yerushalmi, and the Rambam brings it, Purim is not batala osed lave, and there's one more thing that's not going to be batala osed lave, halochas. Why these two things? That means that when Mashiach comes, there's going to be an energy in Purim that will still be completely uh, conspicuous. It's going to fit perfectly, and it's not going to be a candle in the sunlight. And it's not halacha Those two things. And it says, The Neviim and Ksuvim are going to be bottle. That's where already the yeshivas obliterated them. They are paying for Mashiach. But bottle doesn't mean you're not going to know them. Bottle is going to mean it's going to be a candle in the sunlight. If I care, you know more. It doesn't mean you know less. But it says, The will be bottle. Ksuvim will be bottle. And Halochis won't be bottle. Mishnayis, Masechta Brachos, Mishnayis Shabbos, Erev, and Hilchus Hilchus Muktzah, Hilchus Ribis, Hilchus Koisher, whatever it is, won't be bottled. Megilas Esther, Megilas Esther, not, no, put him. Yeah, 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 no, yeah, no, Megilas Esther, don't put him, yeah, don't put him, not also. we in in Vasep's halacha. Kehin Al Morazal, Chazal say this is in Zoyar Al Posuk. Brach Doydi Ud Melech Al Melech Letzvi VeGoymer. The Jew, the Kala, turns to the Chosen and says, Brach run away, my lover, my Doidi, my beloved. But make sure you compare yourself to a gazelle. Just like the Tsvi the gazelle. Runs, but he always turns back, always turns around. So the Jews say to the Rebbeinah Brach doidi. you may run away, but we know you're going to be a Tzvi, you're going to turn around. You're going to turn around. And the other way as well. I may run away, but I'm going to turn around. It's like the baby runs away from mommy, but he or she turns around to make sure somebody is still there. Even though I don't want I want to run away from you, but I want to make sure that I don't completely run away from you. Matsvi machzir So Bal Tanya explains that there's a deeper in my meaning here. It's not stam, you turn around because you don't want to completely detach. The turning around itself represents a certain relationship. In his skull, etzim means the bone of the head, which here he means the skull. In that skull, he named Munach What's in that skull? You know, you see a skull, you don't sometimes appreciate what's inside there. You have inside there the brain, the mind, the capacity for understanding, U etsem Etzim la so now when you take your skull and you turn it backwards, you turn it backwards, everything that's in it also goes back. It's not like I only turn my skull. Whatever is in it also turns back. So he says, When we say, it's not talking about stam a certain particular situation still. It's a describing a continuous relationship. That the tzvi is So when the gazelle turns his head back, what turns with that head? Everything that's in the head. All the infinite depth that's in the human brain or in the, or in the animal's brain also turns back. It's not only the superficial, the, the, the outer, the outer layer of it, the skull. this is why we compare Hashem to the tzvi. HaShem took His very ruts and His very Chachma, which in our marshal would be your brain and everything that's contained in that brain. And we know, we don't know, but we know somewhat of what's contained in the brain. That color all the computers in the world. All the computers in the world. the brain, amamish. Insignificant, even though they can do, you know, math and some other stuff that a far brain consciously is hard to do. So he says, Hashem took his rutzin and his chachman. He he enclosed the demakim in the place of his achayruf. Literally, mean meaning. So to speak, his hind part. Shame which is a metaphor for externality. Generally, the face of a person Ponim comes from the word pnimius. Why? Because the face of a person represents more of his internal self. When you look at people from the back, they seem more similar. It's very hard to distinguish people from their back unless you know, mumish every subtle nuance about their structure. But to face, no two people are alike. Because that's where the it represents your internal persona, your uniqueness, your individuality. So more in a more abstract way, a is a muscle for the more external part of the person, a more chitzayin part of the person, not the unique individual persona of the person. So when you say, the tzvi machzir oyshe la it means, when he turns around the head, it's not just he turned around his head, everything that's inside the head turned around. So Hashem is like a tzvi, that he took all of his rotsen and all of his chachma, and he placed it, In a situation, in a reality that seems like external. It seems akhirayim, it seems like hain part, meaning the ha'inu in yonim gashman. All of halacha deals with physical material items. If you're learning, say, the kachem, a major component of your learning was going to be about animals. If you're learning the zikkin, you're learning baba kamma, baba mitzvah, you're going to be dealing with money. And money transactions and and, and, and disputes about money, theft or harm or whatever it is. And nonetheless, When you're learning this suge about money or animals, what do you think you're learning? You're not learning about animals. You're not learning about money. You're learning the essence of God's will and God's wisdom, expressing itself in a dispute between two ganavim and two shakranim. Between this behim and that behim. And in the brain, you have everything. It's not just his wisdom and his will; it's his emotions also. The Midas come with it because the brain is the source of everything. This the pasuk says in Eicha, Heishiv acher yeminoi. So he takes he takes yeminoi and Heishiv acher. He turns it so to speak backwards. So this is the concept of that the Jew who's learning about something that doesn't seem godly or inspiring at all. You're not dealing with ruchniers, you're not dealing with the divine, you're, not dealing with that. you're learning technical sugyas that deal with the most physical, brute matter and material. And sometimes when you learn Gemara, you you're dealing with nitty-gritty of, of corruption. We do miguis to understand the psychology of filthy liars. He could have said this and ripped you off from every last dollar you had. because And that's what we're busy with. But who made this? What Chachmah is this? This is really divine logic. But it's divine logic that's applicable to issues that may be completely physical and maybe even less. They may be brute. But nonetheless, it's a divine perspective. It's Ratzin and It's His Ratzin, it's his It's his Midas. In other words, learning Torah, learning Nizikin, you're learning God's mind. It's a CAT scan of God's mind. Not sure the Jew learned Gemara to know As we know, most Sugi's and Gemara is not Alachal Maisa. You're learning. If Reuven says this, and Shimon says this, which sometimes, as a Bacha once told me, it's a Chalm, Shechalm, O'achetim, O'achetim. It's not going to happen, as the Gemara itself says, So you're learning about theoretical situations that are highly impractical. And even the practical situations, Right? how often did it happen that you saw that in your alleyway, one bull gored another bull? Right? It's not my mamish b'chalyem. You have people that gore other people. That's ma'isam b'chalyem. It's
0: really fascinating because... We learned from him last year, he said the same idea in terms of being mushal shluchus, shluchus, love from it's a Masha'el and Kadmoni. The same idea. And he said the same thing, that a mushal is really a Malbush, even used it's to possibly Ota'akasalba, yeah, the Roshan yeah, yeah. dresses in a Malbush yeah, yeah. of Dorukasalba. Yeah. Mameshi, you know, yeah. also by yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, So on one level, you're learning about a behama. But what are you, are not learning a behama? The behemoth is the hechitimtsa. The behemoth is the marshal. You're learning God's wisdom. You're learning how Hashem looks at the world. And the world is made up of behemoths. believe it or not. Emes? Huh? The world is made up of behemoths. sometimes Chayas. You, you just hope the behemoths it's made up of, that you're dealing with are the domesticated ones. But they're made up of undomesticated ones. They say there was once a Rebbe in Poland, he was on a train. And he meets a yid. He says, Shalom, Aleichem, Aleichem, Shalom. He turns to the yid and he says, "Vas tutir? You know, that's always the second Jewish question. <laughs> was handeltir? I was a, Was handeltir? What do you do? She says, "A handle mit Ferd. I deal with horses. And the Rebbe says, Ah, Punkt wie Just like me. So, so the issue is, the, the, I'm learning about Behemoth. That's
0: not my Rebbe. That's in the joke. It's my Rebbe yes, would not say out. such a thing. No it would not
1: Right?
0: My deals does guys Does it Ebbers and does it ebbis right, what do you right. want? <laughs> We know that already. So I'm trying
1: to put this story in perspective. Yeah. Always. Always. Yeah. So, exactly. Yeah. So you're learning Sharsha Of course you're learning about Sharshanagakha But it's not the Shah and the Para that you're learning. You're learning Hashem's Khachman in the Sharshanagha You're learning that's the reason this this is the biggest side and Kha Mishpat. The tomorrow says in San Hadin, it's Allah Khaishamishpat. La oilam yehe shava bay nachad din prutikadin A real rov, a real dayan, somebody who's, who lives tighter, who breathes tighter. A dinter comes to him, a court, a, a case comes to him for a fifteen million dollar dispute. You know, somebody called me yesterday about a case, twenty million dollar dispute. They settled. They settled to give their shoot of twenty. He doesn't want. He wants thirty million dollars. <laughs> On this, they're killing each other. Showing they're killing each other. And then an hour later, an hour later, yeah, an alte babushka comes with a cranky ch- ch- chicken. Right? Like they used to come with a chicken that you could buy for not $6, you could buy for $4.25 because it's emaciated. Right? And there's a needle she found and she wants to know if the chicken is kosher. So the Shrav should call in the previous guy and said, here, you have $20 million extra. Could you give this lady 6 dollars 5 so she can go buy a chicken? So the halacha says that's a wrong approach. The seriousness of the issue has to be the same. The same intellectual integrity that the rabbi applies to the court case of $20 million, he has to apply to a court case about $35. Or about somebody took his seat in shul or took his pen by mistake and never gave it back to him. You knew that there was such a din about a pen. He never gave back to him. Ah, you could give him a dollar and tell him to go buy another pen. Din prutek edin The halacha of a dollar has to be the same seriousness like a $100 million question. What's the reason for this? Because the MS is, it's not Negea. It's not how much the money is. It's, it's, it's the Chachmas Hashem in it. It's not if the chicken is $4 or you're dealing with real estate or a building them on Fifth Avenue that's $95 million. It's not the building and it's not the chicken. It's the Elakus. Choshmishpet is not the building or the chicken. It's the Ratz and Hashem. It's the Chachmas Hashem that you want to glean out of it. And that's what the real rov represents. He, if the moment he gets entangled in the individual circumstances of the court case, ooh, that's not a good thing. The moment $100 million becomes the issue, then from his perspective, it's not good. From their perspective, that's what it's about. That's what they're fighting. They want to fight over $3. But from his perspective, if it becomes an issue, oh, this is absurd, entire. this is garnish. Go go, find yourself another rabbi. That means you're already living in a different planet. You're already living in the Bahamut. You're already not living in the in the in the in the Ratzin Hashem and the Chachmas Hashem. It's a different, it's a whole different var. It's a different paradigm. That's why is uh, such an unbelievable perversion. Yes, yes. But the Shoychad that we're talking here about is a much more subtle Shoychad. It's not the Shoychad that you're giving the Rabbi commission from the hundred million dollars. That we know what that is. That's real Shoychad. Here we're talking about the Shoychad of the fact that this is a serious case. This case is going to go down in the history of jurisprudence. They did with the chicken. Nobody's even going to blink. Nobody's going to care. Yeah, in Berlin, the, the rabbis were into uh, getting um, doctorates and a good education. So at a certain point, they were very mocked, but not to call them rabbi only, but rabbi doctor, <laughs> rabbi doctor. So there was one. They say an old Berlin ayerlich woman. She came with a chicken. And she was a on the chicken, you know, with needles, whatever this that. So she comes to she comes to the rabbi in Berlin. She says, "Rabbi Zeligman, could you please look at this chicken if it's kosher or not?" He says, "Rabbi Zeligman, Rabbi Doctor Zeligman, Doctor." She says, "No, you don't understand. The chicken is dead. I don't need a doctor. I need a rabbi. The chicken is dead. What if I robbed this conductor. Yeah? yeah So I once used the anecdote in a lecture to say that sometimes, unfortunately, we believe that we go to doctors for living people and rabbis for dead people. That's what rabbis are good for. For <laughs> no, dead people, you know, for the levaya, for the <laughs> If you want to, let me press the doctor. But that's the vart. The vart is that uh, what he's searching here is for the Chachma. The Chachma's hashan. Or the is Bariru. In Zoyar there's an expression many times all birur comes through Chachma. Chachma. What that means is you could never do boiler with emotion. <laughs> Boirer must always have A transcendent bird's eye view, which is what Chachma is. It's not even Bina. Emotions are subjectivity. Whenever you're subjective, you can't see things clearly because you're caught up in it. Right? If I'm in a fight with you, I'm not going to see it clearly because I need a bird's eye view. Even Bina, Bina is already intellectual, it's objective, but it's your mindset, it's the way you think about things. Chachma is the openness for new ideas. As we learned many times, Chachma is koyach ma. It's the Kayach to say what? To say, I know nothing. Teach me from new. I'm going to kindergarten, and I'm going to be an ignoramus, an ignoramus. I know nothing. That's the capacity of chachma. All biru, so this is a very powerful idea, all biru in life comes through chachma. The chachma is bariru. It's not enough to transcend emotion. You also have to transcend intellect. The way you're used to looking at things. Why
0: are you mentioning biru?
1: We'll see in a minute. is Pirush. ain loshin birur noifel So the Balatanya says, which seems like a simple line, but there's a lot here. The word birur only applies to things that are mixed. If there's no birur, if there's no mixture, there's no birur. Like we have in, in Hilches Shabbos, birur is only when it's mixed. If it's not mixed, there's no birur. Or we have the suga of yesh bila and ein bila. Bila means it's mixed. And then there's birr, what's new, what's new grain, what's old grain, what's what's new crop, what's old crop. If there's no taruvas, there's no beer is, f- g-
0: is this a phrase somewhere? Yeah, in Zoyar. In,
1: in Zoyar, Zoya, in a few places, it says, is <laughs> barir <laughs> The person who's learning this mime was supposed to know Zoihar Baal and Bavli <laughs> and Yerushalmi. So <laughs> that's why he won't... <laughs> but we don't... <laughs> I'm saying that's why he wouldn't even bother say, uh, I got it from somewhere. I did this, Huh? Here's the crypt notes. Yeah. In Yeridea and Halakha and Mesech you'll have a concept of min b'minoy, ve'ein Min biminoi means two things that are similar species, similar type, and you can't distinguish between the two. That's the ultimate tarot of min biminoi". You have yayin nesek, non-kosher wine, that gets mixed with kosher wine. It's in one barrel or one cup, and you have here min b'minoy niker. You have chicken soup that's kosher, chicken soup that's not kosher gets mixed up completely and it's not not nikar. Or sometimes minbiminah could be solids. You have apples of arla that mix in with regular apples or apples of truma and then you can't recognize the two. So that's where birud is. So the Zoyar says all birud happens through chachma. Peter, so, so he says the same is true. the <speaking> Mishneva <in Spanish> You have a sarser. Sarser means a uh, a salesman. Salesman, uh, a handler, a handler. He's busy handling between the owner of a cow and the owner of a donkey who want to substitute. They used to pay for things. I told it's called barter. You don't pay for it with money, you pay for it with barter. I want your cow. You want my donkey. Of course the halacha will be an issue if the cow was pregnant and the question is when the baby was born. Whatever. All the questions that happen. Hamachlif now there's somebody who's learning the Mishnah of HaMachlev Parabachamar. He's also busy with exchanging a cow for a donkey. Or next situation. Katzev Evriah Behemel in a Tochim of You have a Katzev, a butcher. What is he doing? He's standing a whole day and he's cutting up. We're talking here the original butcher who's not dealing with packaged meat that comes to the store. We're dealing with the real Katzev who gets the whole behema, And he stands with the knife and the scissor and he cuts up every limb of the animal in a Tochem. He has to clean out from the intestines, What he has to clean out and cut it up. Who cuts it? We call him a butcher. The but Rebbe is going to say the Jew learning is doing the same thing. The Jew learning is doing exactly the same thing. And if you know what you're doing, you have to sit with a behemah and do exactly the same thing. He says, no, nah, but it's a different behemah. The person who's enmeshed in knowing all the halachas is dependent on the limbs of the behemah. <laughs> to separate between a taf and akshera. <laughs> Vikhaimba part of to be able to distinguish who's guilty and who's innocent. Vikhayba Sayyidatis bin and say In Sayyidataris, he may be looking at an undershirt, looking at under, whatever he's looking at a begged or looking at something else, looking at a stain, looking at blood, looking at this being <laughs> Tamil the whole Shast, the whole shas, this way. Mission Gemara, the whole apoyskim rishoyin v'achroinim, mezgalu, mezbare rotzen elyim v'chamasiyis baruch. What he's doing is he's revealing and he's being mevarer rishoyin v'chamasiyis baruch. So you have the katziv, the katziv, the butcher, and the Jew learning hilchas treifas are both analyzing the same animal, but it's two different worlds. He is cutting up an animal he's cutting up a piece of meat. You'll ask him, what are you doing? He's saying, I'm cutting up a piece of meat. And then you'll turn to the other person, he says, what are you doing? He says, I'm trying to understand the that's what I'm doing. The same meat, the same exact Ava they're looking at, they're trying to figure out what it is, its dimensions, its sizes, how it works, its quality, its nature, but what is happening here, it's a different experience. Here he's looking to see the divine wisdom in it, the divine perspective in it. And here he's just looking for the physical reality of it. The same is true with everything else. With everything else. I'll tell you, a woman once called me, she came with her husband, and one of the issues was, she told me how psychologically uh, challenging it is to feel that a certain (coughs) rabbi knows certain parts about... about the very private part of a person's life. You know what I mean? And it was very, very difficult. So I said, let me tell you about this, sirav. Let me tell you about this, sirav. When he looks, <laughs> he doesn't see a woman. <laughs> he doesn't see anything. <laughs> all he sees is one thing. <laughs> he sees, <laughs> that's all he sees. He wants to see what Allah says about this type of Mara, what its He doesn't trust me. He doesn't know anything else. He doesn't see anything else. But that's a vart. That's an important vart. That's, and that's 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 what he wants to see. That's what he's looking to see. And that's what makes a Torah. That's the difference between Torah and politics. That's the difference between Torah and politics. Politics, you're not looking for the Torah. You're using the Torah to justify politics. That's different. Torah is, all you're looking is, you're trying to see what's God's perspective on this stain of blood. So you'll say God has a perspective on stains of blood. He's so bored. <laughs> that's that's <coughs> doy me litzvi. Doy me litzvi is my beloved one is like a tzvi. He turned his head around, and what's in that head? Everything, the brain and everything that's brain. God's perspective is conveyed not only through transcendence. Actually, in Shabbat, it's conveyed primarily through stains of blood and through gore and uh, through bulls that gore other bulls. And through people who dispute other people because they accuse them of theft, illegal theft. Etc, etc. That's where the wisdom comes out. That's what he's concerned about also. So this is the ultimate biru. is bariru. L'chayri, you're going into a world which is completely dominated by the Geshem. It's as material as you can get. And what is Halacha? Halacha doesn't run away from that world. Halacha actually goes much deeper into that world. One spoke to a farmer, he says, there's nobody who knows how the wheat grows, like the rabbi here who comes for the matzah. He says, there's nobody who's an expert on how the wheat grows. Right, so halacha is very concerned with nitty-gritty. If you're dealing with a medical issue in halacha, you have to master it, as well as the biologist, sometimes even better. You're dealing with halachas in astronomy, you have to understand the solar orbit and the lunar orbit better than an astronomer. You're dealing with Hilchas Trefus and a Behemoth, you have to understand the anatomy of a cow or of a sheep or of a goat much better than the Katsav, or at least as good as the Katsav. Because the Katsav, the worst thing that's going to happen is, he'll give you a little more, he'll give you a little less, it's going to be a couple of dollars. But if the Rav doesn't know it well, there could be a Shiloh, Nevelis, and Trefus, that's a whole separate issue. So it's exactly the same world that he has to know. The world of halacha, you can detach and say, I'm looking for spiritual principles. The world of halacha, you can't look for spiritual principles. You have to know the nitty-gritty of the science of whatever you're dealing with. You're learning do you have to know how the earth works. We learned today about how vegetables grow, how trees grow, how fruits grow, how legumes grow. The chazal had to know this better than a farmer. Why? The farmer makes a mistake, okay... The rice patties don't come out good this year. The barley is emaciated this year. But the rabbi, is going to be the trim of last year is going to go. For this year, he's going to make a korban in the world. The Jews are going to eat tevel. It's a whole different issue. You're talking, but, about,
0: you're talking about two different things. One is uh, you know, a, a, a kilkul and halacha coming and one misunderstanding God's chachma. Those are the two different outputs. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No. I'm just saying the, the the integrity that he applies to it is exasperated because of the of the kilkel and halacha. Yeah. But the, that's the concept. The concept is he's looking. And what's the problem of a kilkel and halacha? That it's it's God's will being compromised. What's the problem with that? Is God's will being compromised?
0: Is there more chachmas Hashem in the in the stronger bureau when there's a more complex case?
1: Um, uh, I don't know that there's more Chachmas Hashem, but certainly he has to apply himself, at least from his perspective, much deeper to the Chachmas. Usually when something is more complex, it's because there's more subtle depth there. It's, to see that. it's, it's to yeah. something like... No, for no. carrot. Yeah, That's his whole vart. No. It's not Negei no. no. If the vart is the Geshem, then, oh, this is a lot of money, this is cheap. Right? If the Vart is if the Vart is not if the Vart is the, the Chachma here. So that's why the chachme is Barirus. He says all halach is really bitter. What's the bitter? Not just the bitter of uh, of finding out what the halach is, the bitter of seeing the physical as a vehicle for the divine. Doesn't Shara uh, uh, negation to stole consciousness uh, it. it's a good question, isn't compromise Pshara a negation of this whole concept no, because that kuf is a din in Taira mm-hmm. that kuf is a din in Taira and in Gemara there's a machlaikas do we go with Pshara, don't we go with Pshara right, to be sure Ben Karcher says Yaakov Hadina Sahar, we don't believe in compromises, Halacha should, break, should perforate mountains
0: <coughs>
1: and the Gemara says that's the shit of Moshe Aaron said, "No, no, Oyv Shalom. Let's, 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 you know, compromise. The halacha is that we start with Pshara, but that goof is a halacha. <laughs> <laughs> that goof is Ratsan Hashem. Yeah, that goof is halacha. Oh yeah, a name. yeah, you know, money matters. Yeah, not know, chickens. Know. Yeah, he <laughs> means money matters." <laughs> The game be Mitzvis Mais at Tly and the Midis this is not only true about the learning also Mitzvis Macesis that are dependent on midus, so to speak the <laughs> mitzvah. <laughs> somebody who's watching on Aveda, you lost something and he's watching it, so, uh, so the question is, if a Shremer Aveda is a getter of Shremer, I find your Aveda, I find something that you lost, I find your cow, whatever, I find your sheep and I take it home and I'm a Shremer Aveda. I watch it till you come and you give a simon and you take it back. Do I have the getter of a paid custodian or an unpaid custodian? So, Luchair, I'm an unpaid custodian. Nobody's paying me. I'm doing it for free. So, the Gemara brings a to rabbi Yosef that Shaimar Aved is a Shaimar Sacha. Why? Because he gains money. What money does he gain? If a poor man, if a Gabbite's Stucker would come right now and say, I want money, he doesn't have to give him because Yosef, I'm a and Baruch Hashem, people come around a lot Jewish homes. So therefore, he's potentially he's a Misachar. sachar. So he says, what's Pshat? Vahainu. So now you start analyzing this Gemara. He's just giving an example. Im Balitzarcha That's all if you're being Shabbat Aved and you're doing something that the Aveden needs. For example, if it's a rug or clothes, you're Shatcha, you're spreading it out, you're shaking it out from dust, from earth. It's no difference if this Aveda belongs to a multimillionaire or belongs to a Adaman, a manakaptun. No difference. Shaymer aveda is a mitzvah. Now a poor man comes and the poor man says, I need a couple of dollars. I'm not talking about if it's it comes for tzduqa. I'm not talking about Islamad A person comes for Tzduqa and you say to Shaymar this is a guy who's multimillionaire, so let this go to the garbage. We say Lapoyo, <laughs> right now you're doing a mitzvah. What if I'm busy spreading out my own rug? What if I'm busy cleaning my own shirt? So I'm cleaning the shirt of Warren Buffett, uh, I'm cleaning the shirt of uh, multi billionaire. I'm pote for mitzvah stoker. I'm cleaning my own shirt and I myself could use a couple of dollars. I'm not being an Oisik be mitzvah. This halacha also does. Halacha is mevaredes. This is a Gedir of a mitzvah. In other words, here there's God's rotson. Here it's a fine thing you're doing, but there's no rotson. He's doing a favor to somebody else. That's a gedir of a mitzvah. He's doing something for himself. He may have to do it. doesn't have a getter of a mitzvah. So therefore, all halacha, which applies to Ratzin Hashem and doing a mitzvah with a physical matter, represents, just like Purim, the transformation of darkness and light where the light of Hashem is revealed... In the place of gashmi, without canceling out the physical, halacha does not deny a physical universe. If halacha denies a physical universe, it's not halacha. Halacha is always in a physical world. That's why bechachme is bariru. Birur is only min beminay ve'enay nikr. If it's not min beminay ve'enay nikr, there's no birur. Why is chachme is bariru? Because it's completely mixed into the world. In other words, halacha is. Finding the divine in the physical. Gilui oir Hashem, which is Ritzani is we are a makam So it creates not, you don't subdue the physical world, it's a form of transformation. The very physical arena of the universe becomes the platform upon which the divine will and wisdom rests. Here you have in one paragraph an entire book called Halachic Man. In one paragraph.
0: It's an entire book.
1: Rabbi Soloveitchik say for Isha Halacha, the, the thesis that he develops what the man of Halacha is, how he sees the world, what he does with the world. Now the interesting thing is that he contrasts it with the mystical, with the mystical man. But Okay, so that's a shtickle, uh, shtickle this was the <laughs> Right, this name was, the, this was the, husband. Husband, the Litzvah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's not, you don't run away, you don't run away. So the Abalatanya says, that's why when Mashiach comes, the world of Halacha also remains intact. The world of Purim and the world of Halacha, because both have that common denominator. They're not about aliyah ha'olimus. They're not about aliyah ha'nitzutzis. They're not about uh, segregating from the material to discover the divine. On the contrary, they're about full presence of, within the physical space. Achashveresh himself is the one who makes Purim. Nobody else. Achashveresh came to the Purim parties. Who do you think came to the Purim party the next year? Achashvedish came to the Purim party. He became this lowlife, this lowlife who made the so He was a guest at the... Because Marduch I came, if Marduch I came, he had to invite the boss. If Esther came, certainly Akhashvarish came, he didn't want anybody, any, you know, he didn't want Esther alone. So you understand that Akhashvarish was a main feature at the Putin party. This low life was there. Not like he was killed. This is all a remnant of the concept of Ishap of So I mean, if we take
0: that then what he's really I think saying is that when we think of Purim being a naster, nice representing Nistar, it's not Nistar in the sense that we've always understood it that God's presence was hidden in this miracle. It's, it's an illustration of the fact that God worked in a way that brought into the world where yes.
1: there is generally Hester. Beautiful. Esther is vanoichi, Hester, yeah. mm-hmm. a world where there is generally Esther because it's Yom HaHu. HaHu always means the yoim, the day, the light is concealed. And the Chiddush is that in that time and in that situation where there is usually Hester, meaning nature runs the world, politics runs the world, diplomacy runs the world. In that world, Purim happens. What does that mean practically? It's not that there was a Kriyas Siyamsov, the sea split. The sea never split. The way the miracle happened, if the New York Times would have reported on the Nase Purim, the word Nase would not be here. It would say, Esther is a smart, clever girl. She has, you know, the... the she probably comes from a very shrewd family and she manipulated her husband brilliantly together with Haman. And, uh, and that's what happened. There's nothing out of the ordinary. And the Megillah, suddenly you see, I got some mice, uh, like drinking. And he made a party for 187 days. And he managed to kill his wife at the end of the party. And that's the third year of his kingdom. In the seventh year of his kingdom, that means uh, four years later, he gets a Queen Esther. Five years later he appoints Haman. So when you're reading this st- when you're living through the story, all you're living is through a regular political uh you know <laughs> retreat. <laughs> yeah, that's what you're living through. There's no there's no divine theme here. When we read the Megillah suddenly the party twelve years ago all had to do with, with this. But that's the whole part of a Sahqa. means that the very physical story is the theme. You're not looking for another story. And this, of course, explains why the name of Hashem, as we'll see, is not in the Megillah. The only Sefer of Tanakh that doesn't have the name of Hashem. So the Eben Ezra says, the reason is because this was a text that they knew the Persians are going to copy and learn in their schools. And when they're going to copy it, if it says Hashem's name, they're going to substitute it for their gods. So Marduch they didn't want to contribute to that. That's the Pshat of the Evan. Ezra. Interesting Pshat. The, the Pshat is somewhat opposite. Yutke Vofke, the name of Hashem, that represents Godl Hashem kalam, and kalam. that's where you speak about Hashem as a Godel. But Purim is rooted in ein cheker, there's no name over there. The name is always not Atzmos. Purim represents Atzmos, which never negates the physical because there's no chatzitza, there's no partition as explained. So that's why there's no Shem Hashem in the Megillah because it's rooted in a place that's deeper than names. he says, This is the p'shat over there in Shehashirim. It says, This one stands behind the wall. When Ayid learns Torah, all of Hashem's wisdom and His will is completely revealed. He neizeh. Zeh means it's revealed. So why do we say it stands behind the wall? Because Ayid could learn Torah and he doesn't see the Ur Hashem there. All he sees is he's learning about money and animals. That's what he sees. In other words, he gets caught up in the in the in the in the in the, in the and he doesn't experience the infinity that exists in every suya. He doesn't see it from that perspective. Just like when we look at our world, what do we see? We just see physical matter. We don't see the light wave in the solar core. We don't see the light wave in the solar core. We don't even see a solar core. All we see is the wave, and that's what we see. So it's... Because the lack of the... The distortions, the sin separate, and it stands like a wall. This deposit continues, he supervises from the windows, and he peeks out from the charakim. Charakim are uh, cracks. So what's a window? A window is a hole that you make in a wall. Aye, ah, a contractor charged you fifty thousand dollars for the window. That's a shayla, but the window is essentially chalol shanasa bekoisel v'cheni and acharakim. That's what a crack is. Ela shacharakim imzduckim kdamim v'chaloyin uchalol gadol yaser. Charakim are little splits, little zduckim are uh, spalt, and chaloyin is bigger. Kachal darich amr razal. The medrash says pischili kechudashal machat chuli. Chazal Hashem says, open up an opening for me like the chudashal machat. Chuda means. The sharp point of the needle. I don't need a large opening. I need a tiny little opening like the hole that is perforated through, the hole that is created through the tiny edge, the point of the needle, the point. What this means is you need to create a hole in your heart. What do we mean, a hole? Person should create a breaked, a brokenness, a humility. All the veils and all the walls and all the mechitzas that are a partition between man and his father in heaven is always the arrogance. So the person sees himself separate as a separate egotistical entity. So Heftzei Atsmay meaning his own Chafeitzim, dealing with himself become more precious than Heftzei Shemayim, than Hashem's matters because he doesn't understand the oneness between them so Gassus HaRuach is ultimately that sense of arrogance and pompousness and egotism and that's why the worst thing for learning Torah is arrogance the worst wall, the greatest wall that separates between you and Torah is arrogance, Gassus There's no wall like arrogance. Somebody who learns Torah with arrogance becomes the furthest away from what Torah is teaching. Because the moment there's arrogance, you block yourself off. He that's the tragedy. You're giving the chagaval the kashir Right behind the wall, you have everything. You're talking about things that contain the full truth, and yet you have absolutely no vision of it. You're blocked off to everything. So he's learning Torah his whole life, maybe. And right behind the wall, you got everything. it's all He me But there's a Kaisal, there's a blockage. He cannot perceive that Adelkite of Torah. He can't perceive it because there's the the haruach, the arrogance that doesn't allow this person to have the subtlety and the sensitivity to be able to see what Torah is. Now he finishes. Call and now, after everything that's been explained, Yuvan veYevu'er hatev inyan Esther. Now we come back to the original story of Esther. Now let's remember his original problem in the Maimer. Esther meets Achashverosh's scepter twice in the Megillah. First time is first time is chapter five, right? Anybody knows the Megillah here? Or you forgot it already? <laughs> <laughs> she, Esther dresses up and she goes in and it's at risk of her life. She doesn't know what the king is going to do, but he stretches out the golden scepter. All she do is she touch, all she All does is she touches it so the bodyguards don't kill her. And she pleads with him. She asks him to come to a party and then another party. And Haman gets executed, but it's still not over. She comes to the king. He gives her the Haman's house. And she comes and begs, and she falls by his feet, and she's begging him to cancel Haman's edict. And now again, he stretches out the Sharvit, but here, as the Abadal said, it's not that the Sharvit is in his hand, and he stretches it out and she touches the edge. He gives her the whole Sharvit. He gives her the whole Sharvit. It's not anymore Bero sharvit. So he says as follows. Esther, he started to explain, represents every soul has infinite love and fire, but it's concealed. But it's always there. There's no question. Kalal Yisrael has infinite love and fire. It's always there, but it's concealed. Shabbos and Yamtiv, there's a certain gilu'i of Ur that allows the Neshama to come up. That's Shabbos and Yamtiv. Ali Yisrael. So that's how the whole discussion began. So now he says, let's go back. Initially, when the king sees Esther in the courtyard, the king here represents Hashem, and Esther represents the Jewish soul struggling. When Esther is initially approaching, the king looks at Esther and he sees her as, It's Esther. It's the queen coming up from the desert. It's the Jew who's entangled in concealment in a midbar, in a desolate desert, and he's trying to come up. How do you come up? He already said, you need smoke. You need k'tores. You need myrrh. What was myr? myrrh? Myrrh. You need frankincense. You need perfumes. Everything you need to come up to get out of the desert. Shisha chadashim, shisha chadashim. Ah, you'll ask me a Listen to this. Esther, where was Esther? Esther wasn't in the dumps, in the physical story. Esther was in the palace. She just wasn't in the private chamber of the king, but she was already in the chad says he says kigam even the inner courtyard lemidbar ye choshiv neged beis the house of the king, it's a desert. Because the Melech doesn't live in the Chatz like in the Bayez. What does this mean? Spiritually, even a Jew living in the world of Mamale, in the world of Saiviv, which is Chatzir Hapnimi, it's Lamidbar Yahsh. It's still Mizai Lam in Amidbar. Legabe, the recognition of the ultimate reality, even this is called a desert. So Esther initially is coming up from the midboard. That's like Shabbos and Yom Tov. The notion now is yearning and craving. Esther is coming close, meaning the soul is trying to come closer to the king with a tremendous craving. Ledoida. Bitshuka with a craving. Ledoida. Doida means to the one who she loves so much. Avalachol is viskarvus. Ene vatiga bedoisha hasharv. But after all the alias of Shabbos, all the alias of Yomtif, she manages to touch the end of the scepter. She manages to touch the lower end of the scepter, which represents how the Ein Soif is communicated as a source of greatness, vitality, and consciousness for all of the universes. That's what she manages to obtain. She manages to obtain God as he articulates himself as God. The Sharvit that which gives life, that's what she manages to get. Because the neshama goes higher and higher and higher. It goes out of the desert and it experiences deeper air of Mamala of but it's always Ray Sharvit. there's a tremendous aliyah, yes. The aliyah happens through Kirov, yes, through Ava, yeah. Vatikrav Esther. The Vatikrav Esther, that's what that's what she's uh, that's what she's striving for. Then you have Avalacheric Cain. Then you have a later stage, but, Esther. Esther continues to cry and beg the Melech to nullify the decree. Now she's already inside the house. That's the difference. In the first story, physically, she was coming from outside. Now she's already inside. That's why he doesn't have to give her the edge of the scepter to show that he doesn't want to kill her, because she's already inside, nobody's touching her. I'm talking in the physical story. What he's giving her now, the scepter, Al-Pipshat, is to pick her up. So he says, Now the vart is, She cries and she begs from him to remove the evil of Hamanah because of what he thought about the Jews. Now this is an interesting expression in the Megillah. Later, chishev al He he thought about the Jews. He had a machshava about the Jews, which means he planned to kill them. So he says spiritually, this means shapchiya, the crying of Esther. He loeira rachman rab malnitzet Of course, he sees this as a metaphor. Mm-hmm. The crying is to arouse tremendous compassion for the, the spark of godliness. Asher nislabish bilavushim gasei haruach metchinis homon. Asher hu chashev al yehudim ki mimenu boim liyehudim machshavas keilu. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> this Whoa. is a tight asher <laughs> <laughs> yehuda means like a yes Haman creates these thoughts in Jews Haman represents the epitome of Gaza Saruach, of arrogance one man doesn't bow down to him and he goes crazy even though one million people are bowing down to him but one man not bowing down to him drives a man he's the epitome of Gaza Saruach, the epitome of arrogance The epitome of arrogance represents, as he said before, the kosleinu, the wall that separates you from Hashem. And what does arrogance come from? Arrogance doesn't come from that you're really big. Arrogance comes from that you're really small. When a person recognizes how close he is with Hashem, so then his very self is aligned with God's self. He doesn't need to turn it into an idol because he's part of God's light. When I am detached... I have to become arrogant in order to substitute for my real self. Arrogance is always a form in which I substitute my real self with a fake self. So I have to be arrogant and pompous in order to protect myself, to give myself existence. So he says, Esther is weeping for the Ross Homan hagogi Asher Chosha Vala Yehudim Laabda. She's Ma'orei Rachem by Hashem for the spark of godliness in every Jew. Why? To remove all the levushim of gasses that the nitzutz enclosed itself in. The nitzutz of is enclosed in toxic layers of arrogance. So you might think that's who you are. Esther it says, it's not who you are, it's what Haman put into you. All these makshavos and Jews come from Haman, it's not you. If it was you, then it's a hopeless situation. It's not you. It's Haman thinking through you. So you have to know when you have thoughts what are your thoughts and what are Haman's thoughts. Whenever you have a thought that tells you that you're completely detached from God, it's not your thoughts. It's Haman's thoughts in you. Yahudim. So he touches a different word. It doesn't mean he thought about the Jews. Khishabala Yahudim means me Yehudim These Maqshovas he puts into the Jew
0: not Jewish, was able to infiltrate the Jewish minds, uh, they should think bad thoughts. So we as Jews can infiltrate our mm, other thoughts. Of, of
1: course. Of course. Of course, when you're in an environment of people who think positively, it, it changes your mindset. It changes your thoughts. Well, we can doubt
0: and yeah. think about other Jews. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. That was yeah. part of it. It's brought in Spartan, it's brought in Sifri Kabbalah that you see sometimes you, you sometimes you stare at somebody and they'll turn around suddenly. Mm-hmm. There's something in them that senses it, so the same is true in thought. You think about somebody and they turn around. I don't mean physically. They turn around spiritually. i tell you, it was once 1920, uh, 1929, the city of Riga, Latvia, the previous Lubavitcher Rebbe, the 6th Lubavitcher Rebbe, the Rebbe he was <coughs> saved from Stalin's uh, death sentence. It was, a, it was quite a serious story. And he made it out. <coughs> and he was in Riga. it was Simchas Teira, And he spoke about this, that thinking, he was thinking about the Jews left in Russia, most of his followers. So he said, my Ellis. You think about somebody, and they turn around. You affect them. So somebody turned there. There was a Yid there. His name was Talashevsky. And he says, hab from them? What do we gain from it? You're thinking, but what does the guy, what does he gain from it? He looked at him and he said, vu <laughs> And where were you last year? <laughs> it's because I thought about you that you're here today. Where were you last year? He said, vu Think where were you last year where you were today. <laughs> That's what he responded. So, that, yeah, Machshava has a deep power. So H- Esther is begging Achashveresh uh, to remove the Chish to be able to allow people to distinguish between their thoughts and Haman's thoughts. And if you could make that distinction, ooh, the challenge is, that, huh? She's begging the challenges She's begging the Rebun Shalom because the Nitzu is dressed up in all the Machshavas of Haman. All the Levushim of Haman. Chish And this is basically, here you have the whole idea that often we're not thinking our own thoughts. We're basically thinking other people's thoughts. How many relationships are based on this? Other people's thoughts become your thoughts and you think it's you. So now you feel guilty, you feel, you can't even be there for them. That's the funny paradox. You want to be here for them, but because their thoughts become your thoughts, so now you become them. You can't even be here for them. If you would only be able to be yourself, you can actually be here for them much more. So, huh? Codependency. Codependency and another hundred uh, thousand associations. a metaphor for From this Yeah, Haman represents Haman. Haman represents Gasa Saruach, the ultimate Gasa Saruach, the ultimate detachment. He turns himself into Avodah Zorah because he doesn't realize that he's part of Kedusha. He's part of Kedusha. That's why all arrogance comes in two forms. Mm. It's, it looks like complete confidence and security, but really it's a reflection of the lack of 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 of, of confidence. So yeah, to bust the balloon. Yeah, chudesh yeah. the balloon. You can't bust it with a very paper. good <laughs> looks <laughs> good. A balloon needs chudesh So he says and then what happens is the darkness can be transformed into light. So now what happens Now he doesn't give Esther yoshe sharvit. He gives her the whole sharvit. Hashem The Hashem. Which The of The whole Sharvit. Not the part of the Sharvid, the end, that goes, so to speak, represents the communication into the worlds. The whole sharvad, the whole Oir that stands by the melech himself, that's what he gives to Esther. That, that oir hashem should be given to Esther the Ayah Hashem is always there, but that Esther should be able to have it. In other words, Esther represents the soul down here, in the physical world. It should be revealed. What happens? Vatokam Esther. The first story, it says, Vatikrav Esther. It says, Vatokam Esther. What's the difference? Vatikrav means she's far, she's trying to get close. She stands up fully. He said before, That in this state, there's no more kima, because there's no aliyah greater than this. So Esther stands fully intact. She doesn't need any more oila to keep on coming up and up and up. When you're dealing with divine energy that is restricted, so then paradoxically you have to separate from the physical in order to obtain it. The more spiritual sensitivity, the more light, the less Attachment to physicality, the more oy, the more ruchni is, the less gashmi is, the more sensitivity. That's the general process of history. Eishes Chayil, Aterez bailah. That's how it works. What's say Eishes You need the bailah in order to inspire the Eishes Chayil. However, in this state now, it's Lamata dafka. The physical doesn't become an obstacle for the own Hashem. So She doesn't have to run away from the Midbar of the Gashmias, the world, in order to run into the bias where the Melech is. Why? Because when Atzmos, Oyd Hashem is revealed, then darkness becomes transformed into light. Then the is becomes as close as the melech. It says now something else. She stands in front of the King. This lafonov doesn't mean in front. lafonov means literally before. Higher. of <laughs> Melech represents malchus <laughs> in the way Hashem is a melech. The way he already articulates himself in the term of Malchus. She reaches a place that's deeper than the Melech. teres Because Esther gets the entire Hazov. And it's interesting. There's a mimer from the Balatanya's son. We explained this mimer. So he said, you see in the Megillah, it's a very interesting Possek, that all the girls, they have six months. Shemen Hamur, Six months psamim U When it came the turn of Esther, she says, biksha you know, whatever they gave her, she seeked nothing. So he says, because Esther, biksha Esther wasn't looking from a Mali and Sov. Esther was looking for Dikhalin. She wasn't looking for all the gdo, all the to be able to come out of the Midbar. She was looking for, for, for the king himself, she was looking. Like big Davan. Low it wouldn't have been enough. Right, it wouldn't have been enough. This would not satisfy her yearning. So in the beginning, you can't just jump milk The first is the press, you don't jump to put him it's Shabbos, this Yomtiv, this is the work of a whole year. You don't just say <laughs> Because if you start right away, if you start right away with with Agansya uh, uh, you right away start with that. And then it becomes it becomes superficial. It becomes semantics. If there's no struggle between the physical and the spiritual, then the person is not is not being attuned to reality. The reality of the world is that vatika Beresh Hasharvit is the struggle of being Oyelam and Amidbar. He doesn't cut out the first half of the mind. He says, just delete it. That's the process. Esther also is Vatiga Sharvit. But then, when Esther cries and weeps for the Nitzitzah that's dressed up in the or ruach, she wants the Zeh. So the Melech gives her the entire Shavit Not the Reisha sharvit, but the entire Shavit And that's the Pchidna of Purim which won't be but to because it's the energy of La Asetlova.
0: Let's analyze it. There's three levels in the end. There's, of course, working from the highest down. There's, of course, atmos, when there's no cell, when there's no lock and then there's Shabbos and Yontif. We are still sense Mamali kolomin and soviv kolomin, and then there's the real Gaza Sarov which is even lower. Of course. So she wanted the Jews to make a quantum leap. They were unfortunately uh, yeah. lost. They were already way way right. out. She right. went in the stages. Right. She wanted to jump from from being way way right. out to to sort of get quickly through a Shabbos Yontif stage and then right all the way to the to the Atzmos. But is it more than the Jews? Ah. Uh-huh. It's more than
1: just the Jews, right? Achish he had to accept it. He had to give away his. Yeah, well, the Melech is a marshal. Achish is a marshal. It says, is Achid is Vedesh Shallah.
0: is Shallah. Or to rephrase, the Jew who is learning, but is learning about the animal and not learning about the he he's somebody who still is in touch with Mamali Assobe, but he's at a lower level.
1: That's a good Shiloh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the Jew who's learning without sensing, who's seeing the, the, the stain of blood and not seeing the. Sometimes,
1: it, sometimes, it depends. Listen, so many my Sometimes a Jew could be learning and really is in a state of, of haman.
0: Uh,
1: it's not a joke. Not a joke. The Gemara says, it's brought in Svarim. <laughs> so the Gemara means to say that. The, Descendants of Haman learn Torah and Bnei brak. but it's brought in Svarim that sometimes there could be somebody learning Torah, and it's Bnei of Shalhaman. It's Bnei of Shalhaman. Why? Because it's full of gasos, it's full of jealousy, it's full of arrogance, it's full of uh, disdain, disdain for true, true transcendence and It Does, Doesn't have it. Doesn't have it. The person may be brilliant. And every person has admirable qualities. There is no question. But in this nekudah, there is no uh, there is no There is no alakus.
0: Or this no... times, it's what's me mistake, but without yeah, that exactly exactly.
1: And where will you see it? You'll see it sometimes. You can have a person who's lachayda genius, knows everything, or at least knows a lot. And uh, but there could sometimes be qualities or emotions or behaviors that are very very uh, repulsive and abominable. So people get very, very disillusioned because they think this person represents the whole Torah. The says, no, finish this ball. <laughs> you can have the ganz Torah. <laughs> but with Hashem, there's no shaykhs here. There's no shaykhs with Hashem. Ah it's in Hashem and chachmaz Hashem. It's in Golos. <laughs> it's an exile. It's an exile. It's a different, different metziah. You have to be able to know this. You have to be able to know this. We don't worship and idolize IQs. We don't worship and idolize somebody whose zaychet have a lot of knowledge. It's a big schuss. It's a privilege. We don't worship it. Just because somebody has a good head and masters a lot of information, Google has more information. I don't do koydim and mishtachim to Google every morning. I mean, I guess I do. We all do, right? We use them all the time. <laughs> but you don't sell, you don't do it. or we don't advertise it. Yeah. <laughs> Tehira is godliness. Tehira is edelkeit. Tehira is emes. Tehira is avos yisrael. Tehira is pnimius. And even every 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 shtikol reb chayim, every shtikor reb every maram shif, yeah, it's all chachmas hashem. That's what it is. It comes out through the lumdis, through the pulpolim, and this. Have a wonderful day. Shabbos was the essence itself. What's the yishapku?
0: I'm, uh, I'm not catching this whole yishapku hashaychon harid. The, the theme of the of the mimer is, is that it's always there, and you even said it the other day. Is you're not changing. You're so seeing
1: darkness is not changing to light. So I, I don't understand the whole well, time he's using this lotion. Yeah, change. I mean, it's not changing means you're not running from it. You're transforming it. That's the difference. It's changing, but not through running from it. I'll give you an example You have a marriage You found the rocks So one is You got divorced Okay Maybe a wonderful thing You run away from it One is You separate Okay One is Even more You stay together But you work out stuff boundaries, don't mix into what I do in my office, I don't mix, but then there's something much deeper. You find that the pain was really a need that you both had, that you weren't meeting each other. And imagine you could reveal the relationship in a way that that pain gets healed. So now what happens? The source of contention became the source of closeness. The breakdown was really things you needed, and if I could now give that to you, the spouse can give it to the other spouse. What happens now is the relationship became stronger through it. That's not only did you not run from it. You revealed how this is a catalyst But this is this is, this is is painful work But it's real work And what the real work shows is that there was never a separation Separation was only a distortion of conception Kasleno. That's what we mean So do you see of perception. that the darkness is really life? The darkness is really light, is really light. Like It doesn't mean it wasn't painful right. It was painful The Gazeera of Purim was painful it's the Rats of the show dance where you're far apart and you think
0: you're facing the opposite way
1: because you're still really in and you come back yeah. it's a more grand It's dance. also brought, it brought in Svarim that every, every phase of Purim yeah. who decided whatever should happen on um, Purim? Haman decided everything Why? Who decided that Yud Gimel Adr should be the day that Jews will kill their enemies and Purim should be the Yom um, Haman because he made a girdle and he made that day who decided that Esther should become the queen? Haman, because he killed Vashti. Okay. Who decided that he should hang on a tree? Hamisha Mama. He, because he prepared it for Mordechai. Who decided that Mordechai should be led on a horse throughout the city? He, because he made it for himself. So the whole story was planned by Haman. It's just he planned it in one way. So this is the future. This is the whole thing nothing was changed it's not a story You so had to get rid of him yeah That's Padre didn't plan Yetziah Smitzrayim Haman planned him. Haman made the schedule why do we celebrate Yud Gimel Yud shows Haman chose the date nobody else why do we celebrate by killing all the enemies because he made they should come to the Jews every detail is Haman he, he appointed Esther he appointed Mardachai on the horse he appointed his own tree he made, he wore three corners. Huh?
0: Ah? Someone someone makes. <laughs> <this nickel. laughs> right? Yeah yeah
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> it's only a, it's only. Yeah, a you understand sl- sl- what I'm <laughs> saying? Yeah, yeah, but I don't understand why we have to. <laughs> the so enemy to did wipe it. It? Him out. Uh, uh, oh, Peter's tired. Like, it's like it's like,
1: it's like you, you shouldn't be wiping him out. You so should be embracing it in a certain way. It's fart, not Mashiach. The Gemara says, why don't we say halal and put him? Because I cut the Avdi that Shana. We're still servants of a So on one level, it's a maila that it's a himself who did it. We're still his servants. But it's still not lost in We don't say halalampot. The Gemara says, akati avdida ha So in this maimer, avde Da is a maila. Because uh, because it's happening under his watch. In other words, it's his hapcha. But you can't say, the Gemara says, you can't say halaluka. V'loy. We say halaluka, halaloo avdei Hashem, loyavde avde It's It's not lost in love. Loss of love, it'll be a sabach. But now you don't have that level of a sabach. You have me ain loss of life. You wipe out the, the huh? toxicity. The toxicity. <laughs> Where did you learn that word? <laughs> uh-huh. I thought the uh, new house would put that on. So it was a different like, it's let's say it was this negative. <laughs> 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 Here we didn't kill Akashvedish. Okay. So the same energy, the same spirit, whatever, whatever it was. Achashvedish's drunkenness became the source of the Yeshua. Achashvedish being a shikr. Ketov Lev HaMelech Vayoyen That's what caused the Yeshua Everything in achashvedish Caused the Yeshua Lenny, you were toifes? A little bit mm-hmm. yeah, you. Okay. The, the, the you, mish- you got the Rosh Hasharvet Or the whole Sharvet? <laughs> <laughs> huh? Which Sharvet did you get? The Rosh Hasharvet? I refuse to answer Rather than perhaps I might incriminate myself The, 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 the Mishte yain okay. mish- okay. That was on Pesach? Uh-huh. Yeah Tezayanisan. 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 She came in on the third day of the first fast. The first day was Yudalat. so Yudalot of And She came. She brought in Shulchan Aruch that on the second day of Pesach you should eat something extra by lunch. You know that, right? Zeicher for the Sud of Esther. You know that some people say that Esther wanted to be Yotze the Dalud Dal- Dal- Koisis, so she made a Mishte Hayayeh. You know that? No, Esther wanted to be yoytze <laughs> dalut kaysus, so she made a mishtayayin. They say in Spain, by the Inquisition, there was Rosh Hashanah and the Muranos put up a concert, a symphony, and they blew shofar. Wow. <laughs> they blew shofar by the symphony. So Esther made a party with wine so she could drink dalot kaisas. Nobody bothered her. Nobody knew she's Jewish. She downed four cups of wine on She fit into the program. Ayah She also drank fine. That's what it says. Sneaky huh? Jews. Huh? Sneaky. Sneaky. I heard from one of the chief rabbis of Israel that he once went to Spain and he gave the king of Spain a shofar, A big shoifer. you know the, the Yemenite Shaifers. He says, why are you giving this to me? She so says, because 500 years ago, In the 1400s, Jews blew this during a symphony on Rosh Hashanah that they made in Spain because if they would blow shayfar on the open, they would be burnt on the stake. He says, now, to celebrate the fact that Spain turned around, I'm giving you an open shayfar. This we had to once blow by you clandestinely and now we can blow it in the open. This is what he gave to the king. One of the chief rabbis of Israel told me. He went to Spain, he gave him the gift. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net.
0: Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at ww.theyeshiva.net slash donate.